Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go for beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We are back. Show number 261. There's no way. There's no way you know this. There's no way. No way in the world you know this. You are welcome, Derek Gunn. Yes, that is Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. Uh, Before we get to all the proceedings, let me me start by... Uh, by saying happy birthday to you, Derek. Happy 29th. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Yes, Thank sir. you. Yes. Thank you. Another year in your 20s. It's awesome. It's awesome. Keep, yeah. keep saying it. Keep saying it. Speak I'll buy it, into, it. Speak it into truth. Yes. Speak it into existence and it yes. shall be. I agree. Yes. I agree. So happy birthday to you. Uh, good to be back hanging with you. Uh, I know you had a, a great trip to California. So yeah, did you feel Ooh. a little recharged. Get some California sun. Yeah, man, it was great to get out there and see family and stuff. My One of my niece's daughters had a baby shower. Temecula, California. I was back and forth between Imperial Valley and Temecula. Temecula is one of the prettiest areas in all of California. Oh, my goodness. If I could ever afford to move back to California, Temecula is where I would go. It's winery country. Um, 20, 20 years ago, it was just a small town. It has blown up unbelievably if you've never if you've been there before you know what i'm talking about um it has blown up every store every mall you can imagine is there now every industry you can imagine wineries everywhere rolling hills everything dude is just it's just i can't even it, i love san diego you know san diego is oh, my yeah. favorite city in america yep i think temecula is now surpassed chicago is number two as, as favorite cities in all of america man oh okay oh my goodness yeah very cool. All, all right. right. So uh, he's back. We're back. And we see all you guys uh, in the chat and we appreciate you guys. We missed you too. So it's great to be back hanging with you after uh, after a week plus. So um, unfortunately, no Barrett. And, you know, sometimes this is the way it goes in business and yeah. Barrett, Barrett moves oh on to other things. Yeah. And uh, we will certainly miss him. He has been an unbelievable contributor to the show, uh, you know, as, as part of our show, part of our our, uh, you know, our, our threesome here that we we do each and every week, the uh, three amigos. That's but Derek right. and I, yeah, we will we will carry on. But 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 shout out to uh, to Barrett, and we will certainly miss him. But that's uh, that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, that's that's our guy, you know, and that's the, that's our industry as we know it, you know, uh, here today, elsewhere the next day. You just never know, you know, things arise, and and you got to take care of it and move on, you know. And uh, you know, he's still our boy. We'll still yep. we'll still go fishing with him, you know. Uh, so. So the thing is, so we can't, we don't have time to celebrate my birthday today as a family because we're all going in so many different directions. So 
My wife's going to take me out to dinner Friday night. And then nice. um, Saturday, we're going to just do a family cookout. See, when any of, when, when it's my wife or my kid's birthday, they pick a restaurant they go to want to go to, and we <laughs> all go there. For me, I just want to stay home and enjoy the deck, grill out, you know, simple. Burgers, dogs, grill out, have fun, and let them just rip on me for another birthday. So There you go. Um, yeah, so then I told Barrett this the, yesterday when I talked to him. He goes, well, I'm coming down. I said, oh, okay, uh, <laughs> all right. And if he says he's coming down, all right. uh, Big Seals, now Big Seals, my wife's Big Seals, let me tell you something. Last thing he needs is another grill, yeah, Dad. Yeah. Last thing. My wife, last Father's Day, I've told this story a number of times. My wife bought me an incredible Traeger uh, grill, pellet grill, which was grill number five for me. Um, Rob, it has never been uncovered. It's assembled. It has never been uncovered. Um, the I think you got to bust it out this weekend, don't you, for your for in honor of your no, birthday? No, no, because I, no. What I need to do, see, before you use a a, a, um, a Traeger, you have to cure it, which means you turn it on to, at a certain temperature and you just let everything in it heat. You know, it's because of the metal. You got to cure the metal inside of it. But this weekend, I will cure it for the first time. There you go. The instructions are still inside of it. I hope to, and it has an expensive cover over it, so the weather couldn't get to the instructions and and, and kill them. Yeah, but. I'm definitely going to uh, – I got a cure this weekend, but we're going to definitely use it because All I'm right. tired of my wife telling me, you know, why don't we just give it to somebody or why don't we put it on Facebook Market and sell it? And I'm like, no. And then my my, my niece's husband out in California, he is a, a policeman. Uh, okay. going to be promoted to a sergeant. He has a Traeger. So I got a cheat sheet grill. I got cheat sheet notes from him this weekend uh, on how to use the Traeger. Okay. Instead of reading instructions, yeah, yeah. I got the cheat sheet so I can bypass all the instructions. Yeah, and get you right to notes. It. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so we, by the way, we see everybody. Let me, if you want to uh, give us a little shout out and where you're coming from, we haven't done that in a little while. Since we've been <laughs> I know big seals. I know where he's coming from. Look at big seals. You see what he said? I almost burned my house down with the sawdust pellets. Yeah. That's why my wife fired me from girl. Big seals. You got to know what you're doing, man. I got a green egg smoker. I got a charbroil infrared gas grill. I got the standard black Weber grill. I got the Blackstone flat top re- like restaurant grill. I've never come close to burning my house down. Oh, trust me, I I, I will side with Dan on this one. I, I've you know what? me, I've almost burned myself down and the house down. So, uh, you yeah, you want to give us a shout out where you're at? I see everybody. I see you, CJ from VA. I'm pretty sure I know where he's at. I see John Quinn. I see Tyler. I see Kevin. I see Duck. I see JK GG. Philly five five nine Brandon, what's up? So dope king, what's up, everybody? He's in the three oh five. We do appreciate you guys. We definitely missed you guys uh, with the week off. What's up, Cal? Uh, a lot, a lot to hit today. Debbie, how you doing? Debbie loves it when we talk baseball. Uh, she's checking in from Lidditz. Wait, Debbie's back. Yes, checking in from. You know where Lidditz is, Derek? Yes, I've been to Lidditz. It's right near, outside it's of not, Lancaster. Yes, not too far from Lancaster. Manheim. Yes. Through uh, latest a number of times. Yes. Yes. Nice country. Nice wide open Beautiful country. There. I love Beautiful it up there. there. Uh, Philly Sports Hustle is in Vegas. Uh, Cali Green 619. Brandon's in the 202. What's up, everybody? Everybody's giving us the uh, the area codes. I like that. I like that. Vegas. Oh, 619. Where's 619? Why do I want to say that's California somewhere? I, don't I believe know I believe you might be right. Let Our me girl see. Fitness Rebel checks in. Uh, oh, Fitness Rebel has been keeping up with us for the last week, man, on that's Twitter. Right. That's oh, right. Man. Yes. So uh, Spanish Phillies in Lancaster. Uh, Ducks in the 215. What's up? Kevin's in New Hampshire. 
Snowing? It's snowing in New Hampshire? Wow. Wow. See, okay. that's why I would only visit, visit New Hampshire in July or August. I yeah, ain't going 619 is, is San Diego. You, you should know that. Oh, Eric. dude, they changed the area code so much. Come on. My man. goodness. Mood Swing Bella is in the 215. In the 215. Yeah, Mood Swing, follow me on Twitter. I followed you back, Mood Swing. I got that's, you. That's right. That's right. Uh, Bird Gang in the 908. James in the 913. Philly Sports 8 is also in the 619. I'm getting a zip code from Jason, 33470. How about that? See, all my all my California area codes are like 724. Okay. That's, that's what threw me off. Well, when I was a kid, we didn't use area codes. Oh, 760. I got 1760. Let's see who else I got. You didn't use area codes as a well, kid? Well, if, if you were calling locally, you didn't have to use area codes back then. In other words, if you were just calling your buddy. That's true. You're right. You know, it was just whatever. But if you, if yeah, if you were outside of Philadelphia, any anywhere, Philadelphia in the suburbs was 215. Even the suburbs was 215. Then wow. the suburbs became 610. And then it became four eight four, and then you know blah blah blah. You know, you know the rest, but um, see, I, these area codes got me intrigued. Now I just saw one that says eight five six. I got to see where this is. That's Jersey. Eight five six is Jersey. Yep, southwestern part of Jersey. Okay, eight oh three. Where the heck is eight oh three? See, I, I, Rob, I'm listening to you, but these zip codes got me intrigued. Man. You don't, you're distracted already. We've been back for eight minutes. I am. Yes. Um, all right. So look, a, a lot went on while we were away. So here's what we have coming up at one o'clock. Keith Pompey. He's actually in Chicago for some of the workouts that are going on with the uh, pre-draft prospects. So he's in uh, Chicago, but he, he is the Sixers beat writer. He covered the series and we're going to talk to him about Doc Rivers firing. Okay. Uh, What's the matter? (laughs) So, so Doe King said, Rob, do you remember when the light bulb was invented? (laughs) (laughs) Watch it. So Doe King. Don't make me stop this car. Uh, I'll come back there. The light bulb was invented. Yes, wow. actually, I do. I, I had a I had a long discussion with Edison, and and we got things going. Good, good, good old Tommy and I, Thomas. But, 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 but you're right, dude. I got to use three uh, my area code now. I got to use just to call a neighbor across the street now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's the way it was, man. I'm, I'm just trying to just trying to help the people who may not remember. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so. Uh, Keep Pompey at one o'clock. We'll talk to him about Doc Rivers getting fired. There's a 12:30 press conference, Derek, uh, yep. with Daryl Morey, who is you know going to make the announcement official, and you know be interesting to see what he what he says. One of the reasons we have Keith at one is so we can react to some of the things that that Morey and I guess Josh Harris. I don't know if he's going to be there or not. Maybe Elton Brand will be there. I'm not sure. But anyway, we'll be able to react off of that. So while we were gone. Sixers get eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, Doc, Doc oh. Rivers then gets fired. Oh, oh, oh. The NFL schedule comes out, so we know who the Eagles are going to be playing and when. And we'll at twelve thirty, we'll get into that. Uh, you know, just kind of run through some of the softer spots, tougher spots, etc. So we will do all of those kind of things. Um, that's for sure. Uh, but there's a lot of other stuff to get into. The Flyers made a real out of the box hiring with Keith Jones, and by the way, uh, Jonesy will join us tomorrow. D Gun. Yep. Yep. We're looking forward he was to talking. Joining us at one uh, thirty tomorrow. When I talked to him this morning, he was about to get on a flight in Florida, heading to Carolina. He's doing the conference finals uh, in hockey, so he said, "Digan, I can't do it today." But he goes, "I'm looking forward to catching up with you guys." And you know, Jonesy, we we worked with Jonesy for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, so we definitely I can't wait to get him on because I mean, to be honest, Rob, out of all the people that you possibly thought could have been 
elevated to what he's what the GM now? What is yes. what's his uh, He's the director of hockey director. operations. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever think he would have a role with the organization? Not to say he's not qualified, but right. I just thought he loved doing games so much he would never leave that. I did too. I I, I thought Keith was the type who didn't want that headache, who really enjoyed right. what he did right. with broadcasting right. and you know, like to have, have has other interests and all that kind of stuff. But I look, I can only imagine because and he'll tell the story tomorrow, but the Flyers reached out to him, and I think that really, you know, reignited the fire in him, you know, the right. old player in him. And uh, it's a really fascinating story. So we will we will delve into that, too. Uh, but all right, look, well, let's start with the uh, with the Rivers thing in the Sixers. Uh, let's start with the Sixers. First, uh, do we that. have to? Uh... Yeah, listen, I hear you. Um, you know, what we saw in game seven on Sunday afternoon on Mother's Day right. was nothing f- – I mean, there's really no other way to put it than it was a disgrace. To me, I can always live with, if you're giving everything you have and maybe your shots just aren't falling that day, that's life. You know, we all, sometimes you prepare the the best show you can prepare, Derek, and you stumble over words or you get a fact wrong. That's right. That's life. You're a human being. What I can't accept on any level is a lack of effort particularly a lack of effort in a game seven elimination game in the playoffs for you to finally get over the hump in the second round and get to an Eastern conference final. And the two players who everybody else takes their lead from one's an MVP. One's a former MVP and future hall of famer in James Harden. Both didn't show up. It is the ultimate indictment and the ultimate disgrace. Rob, this team died with about five to six minutes left in game six. Yes. That's when this team basically died. Um, I don't understand how your two biggest stars could be as inconsistent as they were throughout the course of this series. They showed up for three games and didn't for four games. Now, I know everybody's been piling on. I watched game seven out in California and I couldn't wait to check Twitter. And sure enough, everybody's piling on. So we're three days late with our comments, but I will say this. When you are the league MVP, when you are considered the best big man at your position in the game history, and and I've watched basketball since I was a kid, go back to the days of Willis Reed, Walt Frazier, Lou Alcindor, you name it, Oscar Robertson, the whole nine yards. When big moments rise, I heard a a saying a long time ago, and it's so pertinent to athletes today. Great athletes don't always, are not always great every game. They're great when they have to be. And if you look at the truly great ones in the NBA, the Larry Birds, the Magic Johnsons, they have always been great when they've had to be. You're the league MVP. You pouted it last year because you didn't win it. So you won it this year finally. You got that monkey off your back. Joel B had to put that team on his back. And I understand he didn't get a lot of help. But when you look at his overall numbers, that last game in particular, to me, that's a no-show. That's a no-show, plain yeah. and simple. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I want to I want to share these numbers with you. I saw these numbers and I said, I had to look at them twice when it comes to James Harden because I can't believe this this happened. All right, and you might have seen the same numbers when it comes to Harden. James Harden in three games against Boston shot sixty point six percent, thirty seven of sixty one from the field, and included forty five points 
in game one, 42 points in game four. In the other four games, James Harden shot 21.8%, 12 of 55, 3 of 11 in game seven. Rob, the, the, the last two games in particular, I watched James Harden time and time again drive the paint and then flip the ball out. He wouldn't attack the rack. Yep. James Harden, as we've known him, is known for going to the rack, throwing up a shot, and falling on the ground with theatrics. He didn't get those calls like he used to, but that was the James Harden part of the game, we, the James Harden we knew. He didn't do it. He drove the paint, especially in game seven, and kicked it back out. Sometimes he didn't know where to go with the ball. And I'm thinking, what in the world are you doing? Mm-hmm. How, how's that possible? Then you look at a dude like Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum struggled in game six. He couldn't hit the ocean in game six for three quarters. All of a sudden, he woke up in the fourth quarter and propelled that team to a win. He comes out in the game seven. His teammates are struggling. He takes the onus on his shoulders and says, follow me, boys. And he throws up, what, 42? What did he put up? 40? 51. 51 points. He had 25 the at the half. Derek, he outscored the Sixers himself 17 to 10 in the third quarter. Outscored him. Sixers had 10 that's, points that's in the sad. third quarter. That's sad. That's it's a, an absolute disgrace. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Harden in the three wins, 37 for 61. And the four losses, 12 for 55. How do you how do you explain that? How do you explain that? Yeah, I, I think you explained it by when the going gets tough, he gets going in, in the real, real big spots. On, on vacation? Yeah. He gets going on vacation? Yeah. And a B, too. I mean, I, I, like, like neither one of them – gave it all they had in that game and it's a game seven so if you're not doing it there how am i ever going forward again to trust you i can't ever you can't plain and simple you can't you can't we can sit here and i don't like doc rivers either but we can sit here and scapegoat doc rivers all we want and blame it all on him and he's fired and all that but the problem is daryl morey's in love with james harden and it blinds his objectivity he is blinded by his james harden love Embiid is the MVP, and I get it. And I look, I don't think there's anybody who defends Embiid more than I do. But this is indefensible, what we're seeing here from these I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And you know what? I am not going to sit here and just say this is on Doc Rivers. What happened in Game 7 goes way beyond Doc Rivers. This is on the personnel on the court. You know Boston. Boston knew you. Boston's defense stepped their game up. Your defense went on vacation, plain and simple. You know, you can say Doc Rivers hasn't made it to the conference finals in nine consecutive tries now. Third straight year, he's been bounced out of the second round. Okay, this is on the personnel. You built this team last year to be deeper and more versatile, and your players gave you sporadic effort. Mm -hmm. Melton showed up one game, didn't show up the next game. Niang shows up one game, didn't show up the next game. Maxi even was inconsistent. Yeah. Okay. This is on the players. This is not on Doc Rivers. This last game seven was not on Doc Rivers. When you're in a game of this magnitude, and especially a guy like Joel Embiid, who's had to listen to the fans lambaste this team for not getting past the second round, for not doing much of anything since 2000-2001 season, you have to stand there and take a look at yourself in the mirror individually, and collectively, and say, boys, we got to change the culture. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. You basically added another log on a negative culture 
that has been persistent since the early 2000s. And the knock on both, especially Harden, but in B2, is they come up small in the biggest spots. And all you did was feed the fire. And you brought up Maxi. You're right. But at least with Maxi, I look at it and I say, he's 22. Guy's still learning. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, of the doubt that he could become more consistent. With Harden, to expect that this is going to be any different, or frankly now with Embiid, to expect that it's going to be any different in a big spot is the definition of insanity. Plain and simple. And, you know, now we see these subsequent reports come out. Like, for example, before the Sixers fired Rivers yesterday, there was a report, report from Ramona Shelbourne of ESPN that came out on Monday that said basically it'd be very hard for James Harden to return if Doc Rivers is still here. That's a preemptive salvo that was thrown out there Jeez. by, by the James me? Harden camp. Are you kidding So me? they fire Doc. And then you hear from Stephen A. Smith that Embiid's pissed off that they fired Doc. It's like, you know, first off, the, the situation with, with Harden is he's got an, a player option at like $35 million. Is he going to opt into that, or is he going to opt out, and is he going to get a long-term deal from Maury? I think if the Sixers sign hard to a long-term deal, it's a massive, massive mistake. Dude, he gets what? The maximum is like $210 million? 210 is what he can get from the Sixers. He can't, you cannot, he's what, 33 now? Yeah, 34. It'd be 34. 34. You cannot give that dude a max contract. You cannot. No. That is that is like, you might as well implode. You might as well implode the organization. Now you're, you're running it back if you're doing that, Derek. You're basically yes. saying, let's bring a B back. Let's bring Harden yes. back. Let's maybe try to trade Tobias Harris and tweak it here and there. A tweak doesn't work. If we don't know that by now, then shame on us. Because this isn't working. You, you, you have got it. This need. This is major overhaul. And I know Sixers fans are like have PTSD from the process because you lost on purpose and you sucked. And I get it. I was along for that entire ride. I feel you. The last thing I want to be talking about is blowing something up. But I don't know yeah. how. I don't know any kind of alternative to blowing this up that, that, that ends in you winning a championship. You can't get past the Celtics. Your your best players come up small in the biggest of spots. And beads hurt. And it, I'm not saying he's soft. I'm just saying his body doesn't hold up for whatever no, reason. No. And Harden's going to get less and less burst and athleticism as he gets older. Dude, even if I think if I read this correctly, even if the Sixers let Harden walk, they don't have a lot of room to bring in a lot of you know new talent. We keep seeing people blow it up, start over. I don't think they have a lot of room to like rebuild this entire team. And I don't think they can go out and get like the premier potential elite um, guys who could be on the open market because of uh, cap restrictions. So they're they're in a place where you damned if you do, damned if you don't. They can only make marginal moves. They can't yeah. make the significant moves like they did a year ago. Mm-hmm. So even if they let Harden go, <clears throat> the product could be worse than we than what we just witnessed. I mean, they won fifty four games. It, they, may, they may struggle to win forty five games next year. Yeah, I, I just, Derek, you're right. And for people, I think, the, because it's very complicated the way the cap thing works. But I think the initial thought for people is, oh, you let Harden walk and you're freeing up 35, 40 million for yourself. That's not the way it works, unfortunately. No. no. Even if Harden walks, you're going to have a $12 million mid-level exception. That's what you're going to have to play with. Yeah, and the other thing is, at what point do we start looking at Daryl Morey? Oh, you know what? Uh, look at Tone's comment. You want to share Tone's comment? Yeah, so Tone, our producer think, Tone, yeah. says, uh, this is a top-down issue. Ownership doesn't care about winning. 
He doesn't care about the city's culture. Uh, he's simply a venture capitalist. The Ooh. Eagles are where they are because Lori cares about winning and identifies uh, with Philadelphia. Yeah. Ooh. So, all right. Also, while we were away, it became official that Josh Harris uh, and his group, includes Magic Johnson, but other people too, uh, will become the owners of the Washington Commanders. That doesn't sit well with a lot of Philadelphians because he already owns the Devils. Now he owns another team in, in a in a you know Philadelphia team's division. That bothers people, and I get it. There is a sort of carpet-bagging feel to Josh Harris. Now, in fairness to him, he paid Doc Rivers a lot of money. He's going to pay him for two more years a lot of money, not to coach. He's paying Daryl Morey a lot of money. I just don't think he has any idea how to go about running a franchise. He's a great businessman, but I don't think he has any idea to go. Let me put it, be specific. I don't think he knows how to go about running an NBA team. Um, and I think that Daryl, I'm really concerned about Daryl Morey's just vision of this because it's clouded by Harden in a big way. And I don't know that he's going to do the right things by this team. I think they're going to try and tweak, keep the core together and essentially run it back. And I think it's a massive mistake if that's what they do. Um, here's what I'll say about Josh Harris. We thought that he put the right people in place to run the team. Um, I agree with what Tone said. I do believe that Josh Harris is a venture capitalist. There's nothing wrong with that. There are multiple billionaires who own, as we've learned over the last several years, that have, that own pieces of multiple teams in multiple sports. I have no problem with that. We thought that he had the right mind, uh, the right brain trust in place to run the 76ers. We all applauded Morey. We all applauded all the front office uh, people they put in place. So I'm not just going to put this on Josh Harris. I put this more so on the people who run the day-to-day operations. They're supposed to be astute, well-versed basketball people. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, you're right. Those are the people that this is on more so than anything else. And Rob, we were up and down all season long about this Sixers team. They got off to the slow start. They picked up steam. They started rolling. Harden stayed healthy. It started to mesh, so on and so forth, yada, 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 uh, things of that nature. Um, But for some reason, it unravels at the most crucial point of the season. I think even if they got to the conference finals and lost to the conference finals to Miami, People would have been upset, but it would have been acceptable because you moved a step closer to getting to where you want to go. Agreed. The product is stagnant now, and somehow, some way, you've got to change the culture. And in order to change the culture, you're going to have to change the personnel. How are you going to do that when you're handcuffed by the amount of money you have out there on the, on the market right now? That's going to be a big dilemma. Now you got to bring in a new coach. Mm-hmm. You, can, you cannot bring Harden back. You cannot. You cannot bring this man back. If he wants to go to Houston, and if Houston is dumb enough to give him a max contract, go. you know what? Go for it. Yep. But you cannot bring that dude back here, man. You can't. I'll give you an example of quality GMing, if you will. That Lakers team, for most of the year, I know that they had some injuries too, but were just floundering. They were floundering. And Rob Polenka at the trade deadline made a lot of moves. Uh, Rui Hachimura, uh, he brings in, he brings in D'Angelo Russell. He brings in uh, other folks to upgrade this team, that team. And you look at them now 
And they almost came back last night after Denver was putting it on them early. They almost came back and won that. But yes. regardless, they're in a Western Conference final. What are all these brilliant moves that, that Daryl Morey's made? You look at his trade deadline move. I, th- I yep. think it was uh, yep. Matisse Thibel for Jalen McDaniels. They yep. didn't trust Jalen McDaniels enough to even put him on the floor. Exactly. A big moment. Exactly. Okay? Like, th- the bench is still horrendous. Where's the improvement there? You're still saddled. He couldn't figure out a way to move Tobias. You're still saddled with him. Like, I'm, I'm waiting. You know, this guy's never won a, a, an NBA title, but we act like he's done all these great things. What has Daryl Morey done ultimately? Nothing. I, you know what? I sit here speechless. I, I don't know how to answer that question, to be honest. Yeah. I yeah. don't. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't. You know, I, I I can't get over what I witnessed on Sunday. I just can't. That is for, that's going to be etched in my mind all summer long. All summer long. If you had lost by, let's say you lost by 10 points, but you went down swinging, I got no problem with that. Mm-hmm. You were only down three points in a game seven at halftime. What the heck happened in the last 24 minutes of that game? When did you mentally decide to go on vacation? When? In the last 24 minutes, and we enforced the Philadelphia fan base who lived and died Sixers basketball, who spent good money all season long, who bought the merchandise, who bought the concessions, paid the astronomical prices for parking, to go watch your product, to cheer this team on until they were hoarse. What in your right mind made you decide that it was time to just pack it up and go home? You know, and the other I thing, Derek, I'm sitting there, um, you know, and you're watching the Joker last night go bananas, just just go absolutely crazy in that game uh, to the tune. He ends up finishing with 34, 21 and 14 and just dominate. Um, and you're saying to yourself, that's what an MVP looks like. That That's what a guy who's not scared of the moment looks like. That's what a guy who's in shape looks like. That's, you know, that's. Everything that Embiid proved to not be in the in that last game. And you're right. It, it, we shouldn't just talk about game seven. This is game seven plus five, plus yes. five minutes yes. You know of that fourth yes. quarter. Because you ha- you're up 3-2 at your place. You had an 83-81 lead in that game. Yes. About to deliver a knockout blow to your arch rival. And you just... Go into the fetal position, and you carried it right over on Sunday into into Boston. It's a disgrace. It was heartless by this team. It's, it's got to hurt you more because you you you're you're a diehard Philadelphia fan. I've been here over twenty five years, so I do have a stake in the Philadelphia culture and fan base. Um, but I know this digs deeper with you because yeah. you've watched this team your entire life. Um, I I don't know. I can't wait to hear what management says is they're at their press conference at 1230 about how they justify this. Now I'm not surprised doc got fired because when you look at I mean, the bucks fired their coach, the dude yeah. just won NBA title two years ago. Look at, look at the, the last Pittsburgh. three, Derek, uh, uh, Monty Williams, Bootenholzer. Yes. yes. And, and doc are, and doc. Have, have the three best records the last three yes. years. Yes. Yep. And, and, and they all got fired. Yep. Okay. I mean, the Bucs had the best regular season records in the NBA. They didn't have they didn't have Giannis for two games because of a back injury. They bow out to Miami in the first round. And granted, the last two games against the Buck uh, for the Bucks was very similar to what we what I had to endure watching the 76ers. The Bucs, Bucks just died. Although they did push that final game to an overtime, the Bucs died. 
Nobody wanted to take the big shots all season long. They, they're they known for three-point shooting. Nobody wanted to take the big shots at the most crucial point in the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coach, coach is the fall guy. Same here. I think if Doc Rivers has gotten, had gotten to the conference finals, I don't think he would have been fired, to be honest. I agree. I, even if even if Miami swept him 4-0 on the conference finals, I don't think Doc would have been fired just to get to the conference finals. Because as I said a moment ago, it's a, it's a step in the right direction to that next step. That's your cell. Your cell is, hey, we're not happy, but at least we're, we're growing. We improved a little bit here. That's your cell. But. There you go. But. They didn't improve, and that's the frustrating part of it. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw this, Derek. So I just got these these odds for Sixers next coach. Yeah, let me let me read you these, and and you tell me what you think. And again, we'll react. We'll let you know what what Daryl Morey says. You know what the what's coming from the Sixers, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay. So I got these, and th- these are courtesy of uh, Bet Online. Okay? okay. So. And I don't, I don't get this a little bit, okay? But the guy who's got the best odds, the shortest odds to coach the Sixers next year, yeah. is JJ Redick. Why? At three to one. Why? This has not worked when you just pluck former players who just stopped playing and go right to them as coaches. It didn't work with Jason Kidd. It didn't work with Steve Nash. Okay. Then it's Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni is a classic. Daryl Morey, James Harden hire. This is what ends up happening. So they're going to score a lot of points. Harden's going to get back in his comfort zone. They're not going to defend, and they're not going to go deep. I can promise you that. If that's the, if, if that if that's what they do, it is the worst thing they could do. I hate both of those options. That's like a that's like a lazy hire. It is for me. For me, it's a lazy hire. It is. Then it's then the rest. It's fine. It's kind of who you would expect. It's Monty Williams. It's Nick Nurse. Budenholzer's 15 to two, Frank Vogel, you know, et cetera. The one interesting name here that's also in this is Jay Wright at six to one. Mm. Now, mm. here's the question you got to ask yourself. You know, it, Jay Wright stepped away to go, you know, live a more not comfortable in terms of financial. I mean, just a more, a less stressful life. Get out of the, 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 the grind that is college basketball. Does he re- and I get it? You could back up a Brinks truck, and everybody's opinion changes, right? Someone said, "I'm going to pay you 15 million dollars a year, Derek, to, to live in Alaska for a year." You do it. I'm guessing. Um, Jay Wright, I don't think wants the aggravation of the NBA game. I don't think he does. I think he likes his TV gig. I think he likes the freedom that he has now, the life that he has now. I personally don't think he wants any parts of it. I don't either. Why would you? You know, he's enjoying his he, – he he's basically – he missed a lot of quality family time, as all coaches do, watching his kids grow up. Now he's at a stage of his life. It's not about the money. He's made his money. He can watch grandkids grow up. He has more free time. And he gets paid a decent salary. I guarantee you, for doing TV, he probably gets a seven-figure salary, even yeah, if it's yeah. a low seven-figure salary. So he's getting seven figures to work part-time or seasonal, Okay. Why would you want to come back to this grind, you know, which starts in September. And if you're lucky to get to the playoffs or goes into May or June, your window of freedom is so limited, especially he's what, 61 now, 62. Yes. Yes. Why would you want that now? You know, there are some guys like a a Bill Belichick who's in his seventies who are just habitual coaches. 
That's what they love to do. They're going to you're gonna have to you're gonna have to carry them off the field yeah. in a cast. DNA. It's just there's nothing. Yeah. yeah, it's just that's what it is. Yep. No hobbies. There he just wants to do his thing. Yep. I I can't see a Jay Wright coming out of retirement for this. I I, I really can't. I if think I was, we're in a conversation had Derek, but I really can't imagine he he, he knows what the, look, he knows what this is too. I mean, he coached team USA. He, it's not like he's never been around NBA players. He knows what it is. I I just I don't see it, man. I don't see it with Jay Wright. I, again, what what I is that if you're looking for a way to reinvigorate a fan base and give them hope again with this team, it would be Jay Wright. Yes. But yes. But Jay Wright's got a say in this thing, and I don't—I just don't think he would want. I'm—I'm I'm sure there's either been conversations or there are going to be conversations with him. I don't see it. I don't I'd be—I'd sh- be shocked if Jay Wright comes out. He doesn't yeah. need it. He doesn't need that aggravation. You know, I mean, the plus side is he doesn't have to move anywhere. He's right here where he lives. Yeah. But the negative side is, do you want to? Get, do you want to go through that grind? Yes. You got to have a special mindset. You know, when you get to a certain age. Now, when you're younger. It's your goal. You, right. you 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 spend years sitting on a bench as a third, second, first assistant to get that opportunity to become a head coach. By the time you're in your fifties, you've hoped you've you've uh, sustained a legacy, which includes an NBA championship or two, or being known as a consistent winner as a bench boss. By the time you're in your sixties, you start to look at things differently. Okay, I've made my money. Uh, now is my quality of life. I love running behind my grandkids. I love taking extended vacations. We got enough money to go anywhere and in, in, in everywhere we want to go when we decide. We don't have to worry about it being seasonally, like pushing it in a small window between July and, and, and early September. I can go whenever I want. Okay, not whenever I want, if, especially if he's an analyst. But the window is wider to do some things that you want to do. Why would you, why would you want this job? I, I don't. I just don't see it. But and look, stranger things have happened. We know that much. Uh, and money can change things. And that, that's not a knock on Jay. Someone offers right. you an insane amount of money. Who am I to say, turn it down? So, hey. See, God Gigi says, you. how about Mike Krzyzewski? Well, why do you think Mike retired? He's tired of the grind. He's also he's much everything. older than Jay. Yeah. He's, he's a guy, he's, he's a man in his probably mid-70s right now. I, that, that's, I don't he's think He's done so. it all. The man yeah. has won NCAA championships. He made that program one of the premier programs in all of American college basketball. He's won Olympic gold medals. What else does a man need? Yeah, I don't see that. I, I don't. I'm not interested yeah. in that, and I don't see it. But yeah. Gigi, I get it. I'm not. I'm not knocking your suggestion. I just. I, uh, no, I know. That's why I brought it yeah. up. I mean, he. It's a valid point, but right. you know, I. Why? There's a reason he stepped away when he did. Absolutely. There's Absolutely. no need. There's no need for him to, to do this anymore. And he said it. He stood at the podium and said, I get to enjoy my grandkids, my mm-hmm. family. There's a quality of life. And what Duke paid this man? Ooh, are you kidding me over the last 10 years at least? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yep. Do you really – Do you really need – Why would you want to do this now? Yeah, I don't – And I it's just, I don't less stress it. on your heart and your, and your physical and mental psyche? Yeah. I wouldn't want any parts of that. All right. So like we said, we'll react. uh, We'll pass along anything that that Maury has to say in the press conference at one o'clock. Keith Pompey will be joining us. So let's come back, Gunnar. Let's dive into the Eagles schedule here. It is out. We know what it looks like. We know who they're going to play and when. Difficulty. uh, You have a little one less fun. We'll do all that kind of stuff when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I am Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. I want to tell you about my friends at Bravo Pizza. 
seen them a couple times over the last couple of weeks. Yes, uh, I'm thrilled that they're a part of the show and they're part of the uh, the, the channel as well. Um, they've been doing this for a very long time, and I've been going there since I was a little kid. Bravo Pizza has been family owned since 1985. I go in there, like I said, each and every week, and I see Alex and the crew. They're there seven days a week. Unbelievable food, unbelievable variety of food, fresh food made daily, no heat lamp. They offer 20 different styles of pizza every single day. They have slices to go. But the beauty is they have the you name it, they'll make it. That's right. Specialized pizza your way. You call up, you want something a little out of the box. Well, guess what? They'll make it for you. But it's not just pizza. It's fresh pasta. It's sandwiches. It's wraps. It's wings. It's salads. All kinds of variety for whatever fits your needs and your wants. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. In fact, last week, uh, they raised money for the Eagles Autism Challenge. So they're, they're, they're in on helping people. Uh, you can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown for daily specials, promotions, etc. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. That is Bravo Pizza of Havertown, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, that fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Thank you. 
And we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We do appreciate it. We missed you over the last week or so hanging out with you. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis. Uh, let me pass along a couple of things that Daryl Morey had to say, Gunner. Um, press conference is underway. He said, quote, we're taking a careful – listen to this interesting choice of words. We're taking a careful process – with our approach, uh, the expectation is that it won't move quickly. Players won't have a direct input on the coach, but says they want a coach that fits how they want to play based on the players that they have. Um, Maury did not deny that Joel Embiid was unhappy with Doc Rivers being fired. He said Embiid was shocked by the decision. Maury also said that the players, Harden and Embiid, will have no input on the coach. Uh, he went on to say, I think ultimately James Harden came up big in a lot of games. No loss or win is on any one player. And both Joel and James had big games during the playoffs. Harden's that's a, back. That's a cover up. That's a cover. No, 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 don't say that. Don't Harden's say that. He's going to be back. I'm don't telling you. You know what? I, I, I agree with you just based on that statement, but don't say that, please. Please don't say that. You cannot give that man a max contract. Now he can opt in for how much? If he opts in, what is it for? Like thirty-five million? Yes. Yeah. That's like thirty too much, but still, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, d- dude. That comment alone tells me that he's going to bring this dude back. But what are you putting around? Okay, so you bring Harden back. What are you putting around them? You can't bring Tobias back. What are you going to put around them, dude? You you bringing the Yang back again with limited? It's not like. You know, it's not the Eagles two years ago where you had all kinds of cap space and you could be super aggressive. You didn't have it. You don't have dude, it. Dude, I just, I, you know what? It's 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 only the end of May or middle of May, and I'm already disgusted talking about the 76ers moving forward to this fall because I don't see much of a change with this team. I I just don't. You know, I it, no matter what they do, I think it's only going to be marginal. Uh, at the very best, and bringing a marginal talent in here doesn't help the product get over the hump. You're looking at the same thing again, a second-round exit again next year. Yep, that's exactly what you're looking at. He went on to say, we're looking for someone who brings leadership and accountability, someone who is good at tactics, someone who has great relationships with star players, someone who builds a great organization. We're going to look hard for someone who hits all those marks again, again. you remember, he didn't hire Rivers, in, in fairness. He inherited Rivers, but nonetheless, um, that's what he had to say. You know what I get the impression, Derek? And maybe this is just spin, you know? But I get the impression that they still feel like, you know, they accomplished a heck of a lot this year, which is a joke. It's absolutely laughable. I, You know what I was thinking that, Rob? Um, I was thinking that before you said it, and that's dangerous. That is dangerous because – that means they're only going to do they only right now their mindset is we only need to tweak it a little. Yep. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You need look at you look at the four teams, <coughs> excuse me, that are in the conference finals right now. Yeah. They all have killer instincts. Yep. The they have Bulls, at least one guy who's got it. At least go. one guy. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. At least two. At least two that have it. When you think about it. You look at even Miami. Now Miami to me, is the least talented team of the Final Four. They are. Okay? They, they're they the shortest team. They don't have a lot of hype. They're not a long team. They have seven players on the roster that were undrafted players. 
But they're junkyard dogs, man. They don't quit. You try to beat them off with a stick, they come back and they bite you even harder. They don't quit. And that starts with Eric Spolster. That's his mindset. That is the culture of that team. We don't lay down for nobody. And even when you think you've counted us out, you're wrong because we're still standing. You look at Boston. Boston has a great complement of, of, of assassins on that team. The Lakers made incredible moves before the trade deadline. It took until the final 11 games of the regular season for it to gel, but it gelled. And look at where they are right now. And Denver, between Murray and Jokic, and, and you know, and the complement of players they have, dude, those are assassins. They don't play a lot of defense, but they dare you to outscore them. Mm-hmm. See, the Sixers don't have that. They don't. It, the four teams that are standing now are there because of consistency when it counted the most. The Sixers don't have that. How are you going to get it if you bring back basically the same nucleus and a marginal upgrade because you're handcuffed by the amount of money that's out there? How are you going to do it, Rob? I, I don't know. I, I think it's a great question, Derek. I really don't know. Um, let me give you this. It's kind of interesting. Well, first, let me give you another Maury quote that's going to incense you. Uh, I do think we're a much better team. Progress is there. Our goal is to win the championship, not make the second or third round. Like, if this is what it's going to be where you're giving it, you know, we're better and all that, give me a freaking break. But uh, 10 minutes ago, Chris Haynes, who uh, does TNT sideline reporting, he also yeah. uh, Bleacher Report as well. Uh, Chris Haynes said, uh, uh, tweeted out, uh, Bleacher Report sources, James Harden to decline player option to seek a four- year deal now he gave some other stuff what? ty lue is being at the clippers yeah guess what great james bye-bye I- I- enjoy if houston is going to give you four years and you want to go back to houston or whomever see ya i the wait wait say, say that say that again he is let, gonna me, de- let me hear that let me hear that okay. entire statement again james hart according to chris haynes james harden will decline his player option to seek a four-year deal okay goodbye Bye-bye. Peace out. Take care. Peace out, my brother. Nice knowing. No, I mean, can you imagine giving him four years, Derek? Four nope. years. Nope. Nope. 38 years old, what that's nope. going to look like? Nope. 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 Come nope. on, nope. man. Nope. Come on. Nope. No. No. Uh, can I do it? Can I do it? Um, PJ Tucker was a nice addition. The, the 10 mil. what did he get? 10 million over two years? What is it? 20 million over two years? Three years. He got three years. Yeah. Okay. So you break that down. That's that's okay. Because even though he's what, 37, 38? 38, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't rely. You don't need him to be able to beat people off the dribble. No, you just need him to inspire people to, to dig in, which yeah. he did. You know, we saw sideline shots during the playoffs of him sitting there cursing out Tobias and stuff like that, getting in Joel's ear, talking to her. That's what you need him for. But what's he gonna be like at 39 or 40 years old if he's still there? Yeah. Are you gonna still have him there at 39, 40 years old? I mean, really? Yeah. You know, yep. You know what? Do you remember the old claymation um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from back in the early 60s? I can't wait to hear where you're going with okay. this, but right. yes. Do you remember this one? Yes. It's always been one of my favorites. You know, <laughs> and Burl Ives did the voice, you know. Yeah. And they talk about, remember the one the one worker talked about that the, all the toys, the broken toys, are. The, it's an island of misfits. Island of misfit toys, yes. That's what the Sixers are. They're yeah. an island of misfit toys. It's exactly <laughs> what they are. <laughs> They're broken pieces. They don't go together. I listen. We thought they did. I mean, they went together enough to win 54 games, but mm-hmm. when it counts the most, they don't go together. Yep. 
Yeah, I think you're right. You know, it's it's like you do you would do a puzzle when you were a kid. Maybe you do them now as an adult. I don't know. But you're sitting there, you're doing a puzzle. I haven't done a puzzle in a long time, but you're doing a puzzle, and you're sitting there, and like I don't know about you, but we would like lose pieces of the puzzle at times. Right, right. And you're like, why? Where is this one? This doesn't fit. I have like three. Blah, blah, blah. That's the Sixers. There are pieces right. that don't right. fit. And here's the, the worst part is there. Like, I just think there's something psychological in Embiid and Harden that can't propel them to that next level, that over the top that you need to get to, man. I just don't think it's there. Wow. I, I, I hate it. I hate that that's true. Uh, look, man, I didn't think wow. I'd be sitting here saying that about Embiid, but it's just it's the way I'm feeling right now. Rob, I can't even absorb what you just said, man, about Harden and MB can't get themselves over the hump to, to play better. I can't, man. When you're making that kind of money, you know, first of all, getting as, as a high school and college player, getting to the league motivates you. Then when you get to the league, the money motivates you. Then when you get the money to be the best of the best should motivate you. So Harden and Embiid have gone through the gauntlet of getting to the league, making their money. Now the only thing that's left is getting over that hump and winning that title. I can't even, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I couldn't even, I can't even absorb that statement you just make that something doesn't motivate them to give all out at the most crucial point of a season. I don't I know just how. Can't. I, I can't. just don't know how you don't look at those. Uh, I, I, I don't know how you don't come away with that conclusion after the last game in five minutes that we saw when you, when you just squandered away the perfect opportunity on your floor and then you go to Boston and and a game seven, you don't show up. I I don't understand it. And, and Maury just said it two minutes ago that he wants to have Harden back on a new contract. What's, what's the, uh, what's the old saying from the movie, Malcolm X? Um, You know, we've been hoodwinked, bamboozled. We didn't land on Plymouth rock. Plymouth rock landed on us. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. A boulder landed on the 76ers faithful. That took the wind out of their sail. See, people came away from the Phillies against the Houston Astros saying, you know what? As much as it hurt, we have to give respect where respect is due. Yeah. This Phillies team was not expected to get that far. Everybody they played against from Atlanta to the Padres, they were counted out. Mm-hmm. They got the game six of a World Series. They gave it everything they had. People walked away saying they just lost to a better team, but we're proud of this team. I have not seen one person say they are proud of the 76ers' effort in the final two games of a seven-game series to get to the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami. Let I have one, not, let not. Let me give you one more thing from Chris Haynes from, from his uh, another uh, subsequent tweet, okay? Uh, again, he says Harden plans to decline the $35.6 million option to become a free agent and secure a long-term deal. He's listen to this. He's interested in teams with a competitive roster and wants the basketball freedom to be himself. So what this is telling me is basketball freedom to be himself. He didn't like being the playmaker. He did it well. He led the league in assists. But it sounds mm. like he wants to go back to being, you know, no pun intended, the gunner, you know, the the Houston Harden, you know, uh, volume shot guy, etc. I got news for you, James. You can't be that guy anymore. You're not good enough to be that guy anymore. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Rob. 
But didn't he have the freedom when he scored 45 and 42 points? Yeah. He had the freedom during the season to shoot when he wanted to shoot. I never saw anybody putting any restrictions on him to shoot. Did you? I, I never I, heard that. I, but I based on that statement you just made, now that, that explains why when he, Harden was asked after game seven, what's your relationship like with, with Doc Rivers? His statement said, it's okay. Yeah. So is, is it Doc? Did Doc put the clamps on him? In a game seven, when it's all hands on deck, and you got to match firepower for firepower, you know Boston's going to come out shooting threes. You got to shoot threes with Boston to match Boston. Dude, let me tell you something. In that, in the latter half of that third quarter and fourth quarter of game seven, the threes, not just everybody put up. Rob, I'm telling you, they, they threw some air balls up, balls clanging off the back of the rim. It was like the entire team said, you know what, screw this, we're done. This. Once Boston started pulling away, they were just throwing up threes. I don't think they were even aiming for the basket. Mm-hmm. They were just hoping to hit the rim, and it got embarrassing. And 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 look at the, look at what the Lakers did last night. Lakers were down by as many as twenty one points. They could have folded in. This is yep. not the NCAA tournament where you're one and done. They know there's still many games to be played left. Potentially six more games to be played left. That team fought tooth and nail. To get back in that game and made Denver sweat. Lakers had a chance twice. They got within three points in the fourth quarter. Made that a very entertaining game. I think that game's going to go at least six, seven games. It's oh, not going to be a four-game sweep. My takeaway, if I'm the Lakers from that game, is, all right, they threw the kitchen sink at us. Joker went nuts, and we still almost won on their floor. We're fine, guys. Honest to God. Like, that's the conversation. If I'm if I'm Darvin Ham and, and LeBron and AD – I'm saying, yeah. all right, we're we're fine, guys. Like they threw they threw haymakers at us, and we and we just didn't come out ready. But we adjusted. We're going to be fine. Game two. I'm telling you, and you're right. They showed heart. Uh, LeBron obviously, Anthony Davis showed heart. Austin Reeves had a lot of big plays late in that game. What? Those guys yeah. all showed up, man. Yes. All showed up. Yeah. Yeah, and and Bead's upset because Doc got fired. You helped get him fired. It's it, plain and simple. Listen, to this Maury line. There are 26 other teams that would rather have our roster. We're starting with the MVP of the league. Like they're delusional. This is what this is. The (sighs) The point is you couldn't get past the second round. Now that statement is truthful. There are 20 something other teams that would love to have that roster. Who cares? The bottom line is your history shows you can't get over the hump. You haven't gotten over the hump since the early 2000s. You cannot put that out there as a smokescreen or a a, a, a a cover for what happened. You can't because you're basically telling the fan base, we're close. We're okay. Well, guess what? Milwaukee's coming back strong next season. Miami's coming back strong. Boston will be back strong next season. The Knicks will be back. A, 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 a better Knicks team is going to be back next season. Cleveland ain't no joke. So what makes you think right now, the way you stand, you're going to be any better than you were? I don't what? know. I don't know. And and he, Maury went on to say his number one goal is to bring James Harden back. Who said that? Daryl Maury. Wait, wait. Say, say that again. His number one goal is to bring James Harden back. Please tell me he didn't say it. Tell me you joke. Tell me it's a late April Fool's joke. Tell me. Oh. Tell me you're just joking. Just oh. tell me right now that you're just joking. It's a late April Fool's joke. <sighs> Please tell me you're joking. He did they're, not say that. They're doomed. I got to go to Twitter. I got to see what the fans are All saying right. about this. Let's get a timeout. Keith yeah. Pompey is going to join us next. We'll get his impressions. 
of all this mess. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll do. I know we promised the Eagle schedule. We'll, we'll give it to you at one thirty. We will go through the Eagle schedule at one thirty. We, we did not forget about that. Trust me. All right. Let's uh, let's hit it real quick, Gunner. We'll come back. Keith Pompey is going to join us. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports ah. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. Let me tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because yes, knowing who to trust with your finances and your investment with your hard-earned dollars, which could affect you in retirement later in life is critical, right? It is critical. And finding the right person is essential. I found the right person and it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. He will help you as well like he helped me. All right, uh, check in with him. It's very simple. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business, you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover to Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
GLES Eagles. Yes, we are back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate that. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Derek. I am Rob. We're going to have Keith Pompey will be joining us uh, shortly, shortly. He is going to be coming to us from Chicago, but uh, Keith caught up on all that's going on, uh, all happening, uh, you know, from a Sixers perspective and the uh, the press conference uh, with Daryl Morey, which yeah, is it still going? I don't know. I think it may still be going, Derek. I'm not sure at this point, but yeah, Daryl Morey saying the top priority is to bring back James Harden and, you know, knowing that Harden, at least the reports are that he's going to decline the player option and potentially giving him four years would be just front office malpractice as far as I'm concerned. You're muted, Derek. They should just close up shop. Uh, just end it. Thank you, you, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, they, they should close up shop. If they do something like that, they can't. You can't sit back and look at this team and say, we're okay. There's 26 other teams that would love to have our roster. We're okay where we are because you're not. Because if you were okay, you would still have the head coach. The head coach is not the only fall guy in this scenario. Okay. You can't just sit there and say, it's Doc's fault. This was the fault of the players more so than the head coach. Plain and simple. I agree with you. I Plain agree. Plain and simple. I, I couldn't agree more. Like the, it's and I I'm not a doc fan, but to just lay this on him and this was just his issue is is scapegoating, is ignoring the bigger problems. It's doing the and I'm not no 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 like you know, I can't see anything. Yes. It's, you're kidding, you're sticking your head in the sand. Yes. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Um all right, I think we're. I think we'll just we'll just grab Keith with his audio because it's. It. I, I just want to get his impressions on, on everything that's going on here, Sixers wise. So we can. Uh, Tone, we can bring him up unless you're still having some problems. We we can hold off, but you know, just let me know what's uh, what's going on here. All right, we got a, we got an update here from Tone. I'm just sorry to doing this on the fly, guys. We can't take uh, Keith without. It. Okay. All right. Well, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Okay. Uh, so Tone, let's try and let's try and connect with him if you want Tone to call him. Uh, just give him a buzz and see if we can kind of uh, walk it through. We'll walk it through uh, with Keith uh, for sure. But we'll get it, we'll get it straightened out. So uh, the press conference did just end. By all accounts, Derek, from what I'm seeing from people's reaction who were either there or people just reacting right. to it, right? I, it, it seems like Daryl Morey didn't do himself or the organization any favors here. It feels like, you know, the highlights were sort of, and Bede was shocked by what happened, uh, not happy with it. Uh, he admitted as much that did Daryl Morey said numerous times he'd like to have Harden back in Philly, called it scenario A. So in other words, that is that is a priority. We're hearing from Chris Haynes that, that uh, Harden is going to opt out and is looking for a four-year deal. Um you know, this feels like if they hire Mike D'Antoni, maybe Harden would consider coming back. You know, if it's somebody else, maybe he wouldn't. And he's just really in no position, in my opinion, to be making these kind of calls. Like, it's just absurd. Uh, obviously, they, 
they should have sat behind closed doors and thoroughly discussed what they wanted to say and what they wanted to present as a front before stepping in the microphones. Because basically all you've done now is irritate the fan base. Now, this fan base waited until Wednesday to hear from your management on what went wrong and what you're going to do to fix this thing. And you've said a couple of things that only irritate people even more so now. That, number one, 26 other teams would love to have our roster. And number two, it's a priority to bring James Harden back. That is the worst PR move you could possibly have made right now. While people are still stinging, while there's still open wounds festering for this fan base, those are the two things the fan base did not want to hear. If I was sitting at that press conference, Rob, I would have sat there after everybody else has gotten up. I would have been sitting there staring into oblivion with my mouth hanging open saying, did I just hear what I think I heard? Yeah. Did I honestly hear what I think I just heard? I I believe that he is still under the impression that this is the James Harden of 10 years ago. I, I really believe that. I think he's so enamored with James Harden that he can't see the reality of this. And that's the thing that that just frustrates you uh, more than anything else. At least it frustrates me. All right, until we have Keith up, Derek, why don't we uh, why don't we dive into the schedule a little bit here? Um, okay. With the Eagles. In the meantime, just kind of mix it up a little bit. So uh, the schedule did come out. Schedule came out. Okay. It, it did, and you know we know exactly who and when. So let, let me just let me just run through it real quick, and then we'll walk through you know, bits and pieces and whatnot. Okay. So, oh, actually, hold up before we do that. I don't want to, I don't want to dive into the schedule yet because it looks like we're going to have Keith in about, in about 30 seconds. All right. Let okay, me, cool. Cool. We'll do it at one thirty. Promise everybody. We will go through the schedule at one thirty. Um, but obviously a lot of the talk early here has been the Sixers, the elimination. Uh, and it looks like we got him. We got, we got Keith, uh, right now. So why don't we, why don't we go to him? Keith, who does a, a masterful job covering the team, for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I always suggest everybody just check out. You get all his work, uh, his Twitter handle, at Pompey on Sixers, and, of course, uh, Inquirer.com. That's Keith Pompey who covers the Sixers. Keith, thanks, man. Appreciate you. I know there was some technical stuff. Thanks for uh, hustling and getting on with us, man. We do appreciate it. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, too. That's all right, dude. No. Hey, Keith, Keith, Keith you, you, need to give, you need to give me some kind of medication, man, because after what I just heard Moray said, I'm sicker now than I was after watching that game seven. I was enjoying vacation on the West Coast <laughs> watching game seven. I was sick on Sunday. I'm even sicker today after what Moray said in front of the media. I, I, yeah. But you're closer to the situation. So you're going to have to call me off the ledge today because right now I'm about to jump off the ledge for this team. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't like what I heard. I mean, I watched it as well. You know what I mean? Of course. But I, I didn't like it. You know, I, I felt like questions – there was really wasn't a lot of accountability. I mean, it seems to me that, you know, like the question is was, well, if he would have won one more game, would he have been there? And the, the answer was yes. Um, but but then it seems like, you know, Joel's upset. And then, you know, I love Chris Haynes, a, a, a dear friend of mine. But he comes out with this report as the press conference is coming on. So it looks like Doc was let go because of James. I yep. mean, they want to Thank keep you. James Thank and you. they want to give him that money. And James is saying, I want to be able to play the way I want to play. Well, 
right now, Joel was the first option. Joel was the guy who did things, and Doc wanted Joel to be the first option. So it looks like, and then Daryl said something, we want to get a coach uh, who basically, you know, can fit, who, who mends well, like who meshes with a player. I'm paraphrasing. And it seems like you want somebody that's going to allow James to do the things that James wants to do. So that's what the move was Yeah, about. Keith, so I, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, if, if we're reading the tea leaves, and Chris Haynes, who I trust is reporting just, just like you do, is saying he's going to de- decline the player option, look for a four-year deal, but also part of what Keith reported was he wants the, 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 you know, the freedom to get back to being him. He, he's not able to be him again. If, if him again, again is Houston Harden, that's not there. And if Daryl Morey can't see that, this franchise is in big trouble, Keith. I mean, big trouble. And if you're going to give him four years till, he, till he's 38, what the heck is that going to look like? Yeah, and, and see, the thing is, we got to realize the, the thing that really, I guess, where he thinks this is because of, let's face it, he scored 45 points when Joel wasn't there. Then the other game, he scored to 42. And it's kind of like, well, look, I can go back and I can be to who I am. But you're right. It's kind of like, you know, the lift isn't there anymore. The shot is inconsistent. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of like the way that Doc Rivers had on playing is the best way for him right now. You know what I mean? Like, I hate yeah. to say it, there's always somebody. You go out to be a superstar, but then you lose it. But can you adjust to being a quality role player, a secondary or, or third option? But, yeah, you're right. He wants to do that. And it just seems to me that it just looks like that they're doing all these moves to cater to him to make sure that he can be that guy. And it's like, hey, let's face it. I mean, they don't want to hear this. But, I mean, we talked about this a year ago that this was Houston East, Rockets East. Mm. And that's why I keep thinking, you know, and another thing that I heard that really um, made me think that they already know who they want is when they said we're going to take a long process. Well, if you are afraid that the great coaches are going to go, you're going to try to like have some sense of urgency in hiring it. But if you know, hiring a person, but if you already know who you're going to get and they already know who you're going to get, then you can take time to make it seem like mm. it's a long drawn out process. Keith, Keith, let, let me ask you this, man. Harden basically said his relationship with Doc after that game seven was, it's okay. See, that was a red flag for me right there, number one. Number two, was James Harden restricted in any way when he put up 45 points in game one and 42 points in game four? Now, when the Sixers won in three games, the man shot 61%. In the four games they lost, he shot 21.8%, 12 of 55, three of 11 the last game. And I think in a desperate situation, especially when it started to unravel early in that, sec- in that second half for the Sixers, your bombers got to start bombing to keep up with Boston's bombers. So I don't understand where this restriction comes from. I want to be me. I got to be me. Dude, you're a team player. First of all, you've had to expand your game because of age. And you did it well in terms of being a facilitator as well as that score. You had the freedom to do both well. So what, what, what is this excuse that I, I, I need to be me? Well, you mean you just want to shoot whenever and just forget about the other four guys on the court? Is that it? That's not how it works. Yeah, you're right. But I, I think the one thing that we got from it is the 45 came 
when Joel wasn't on the floor. I mean, that's it. That's what it is. Yep. The 45 came when Joel wasn't on the floor. The ball was flowing. Everything was right and growing. I mean, but, you know, you got to, I mean, you know, I mean, that's with your, everything that you're saying is correct. Like, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Um, what happened is we kept talking about how bad a coaching job the Boston Celtics coach was doing. Well, he realized that, okay, if we take away the pick and roll the way they want to run it then Joel's going to have to be in the perimeter. Well, what that does is that means everybody else has to adjust their game too. And he couldn't get a shot after that. Talking about James, he was struggling because he couldn't maneuver the, the way that he wanted to. So you're right. Um, it, it, it's, it's tough, but I, I, you know, I don't know, man. I really don't have the answers for this one yeah, because, yeah. because I understand what, what, you know, everybody wants to be great. Everybody wants to get paid, get money. But to be honest with you, James Harden has all the leverage in this situation. Wow. Because, not, because I mean, think about it. They just fired the coach, right? Um, the, the Houston Rockets are saying that they're going to go strong after James. So let's just say if the Sixers, now we're, we all agree that giving James maybe four years at a max deal is not a really good idea for the back end or whatever right we from what we saw but if james harden walks now you didn't fire the coach and james harden walks and we know what they are cap wise and everything like that um who you gonna get like they don't have a point guard like he's not a real point guard he's a a combo guard who can handle so who's going to be the point guard and and so i think all this stuff is factoring in and and James is like saying, look, look, this is what I want. If y'all want to keep me, you see what you do. If not, I'm going to Houston. So he kind of has him over the barrel a little bit. Yeah. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong, Keith. This feels like it could be heading towards Mike D'Antoni. And I can't even oh, believe I'm saying that. Don't say that. Don't say that. If, I mean, if we're catering to James Harden, I mean, who better? And 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 yeah, exactly. Because see, here's the thing. People, people forget this, y'all. Um, you know, and, and I was like reporting it and but, but it but it was like three years ago. You know, Mike D'Antoni was the coach. He was gonna be the coach before Doc Rivers. Like the thing that happened is like remember it was like him and Ty Lu were the finalists. Yes. But they but they did um they did everything in there for like I mean they rolled out the red carpet for D'Antoni at that point and B gave it his blessing, everybody said. You know, they were going to, like, do five out. They were going to do the whole nine. And from what I heard is it got to a point where Mike wanted more money. He wanted more money. Jeez. So then all of a sudden, Ty Lu comes in for an interview. And I guess you do that to put some fear into him. Like, mm -hmm. hey, look, we could go another direction. It just so happened Doc Rivers gets fired. And then all of a sudden we hear about Doc. You hear about, you know, Doc Rivers is great coach. Then all of a sudden he becomes the, the preferred candidate. So when we talk about Mike D'Antoni becoming the coach, you got to factor in that he was their choice before Doc became available. He was the guy that they wanted. And now that you have James here and all these other things and you have Daryl here, it's kind of sort of like, all right, we might as well just slide him in there, especially when they're saying that at that particular time, he was the guy that Joel wanted to play for. So they're all looking at it like, 
Joel might not be now, but they're, they're, everybody else is looking at it like this is a win-win. This is a win-win situation. Hmm. All right, Keith, I need you to break this down for me. This statement, it just resonates in my ears right now from Maury. We have a roster ready to win, Daryl Morning. Break that down, pro or con or both, please. It's not a roster ready to ready to win. I mean, like, well, here's the thing. Like, I, I, well, I will say this: if James Harden and Joel Embiid play at the best at their to their capability, they would have pro- they would have defeated the um, the Boston Celtics, and then you would have said, okay, yeah. But when I look at this roster and a lot of the guys that he went out there and picked up um, weren't really in the playoff rotation, right? Yeah. Right? That's the one. So you got Melton was in there. You have House was uh, in there like part-time, P.J. Tucker. But it's kind of like the rest of them, they were just sitting the bench, you know, watching. Um, you know, but when you look at Joel Embiid and, 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 um, and James Harden, you know, like, they were extremely inconsistent. These are two guys who struggle in the postseason. They're known for that. So, yeah, maybe you can say that now, but I don't think it's 100% true. But also you can look at it and say, look, I brought in these good dudes, and they all were going to help us, but it's not my fault that the coach didn't play them. You know, Mm. but whoever it was, I just don't think that Doc had a lot of – faith in some of these guys that you know daryl brought in keith i i gotta ask you just step away from doc for one second um I, i'm left unable to answer how Embiid and harden can come up as small as they did the last five minutes of game six and then what what happened in game seven I, that's the one i don't know how there's any kind how you justify that if you're them if you're maury if you're the organization how how i mean it would be one thing if you went down swinging and you just lost to a better Boston team. Okay, it sucks, but it is what it is. They didn't. They didn't give their max effort. No, nah, they didn't. Um, you know, here's the thing. And the one thing I'll say about Embiid. Now, Embiid is a little bit, um, you know, I, uh, frustration it could be uh, being unfortunate. But he did mess his knee up, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. so that's one of those things. And there was times where, you know, he was running down the court, blocking shots, doing whatever. I think Embiid ran out of gas, if if you just want to say that. I think he did. And and I think he may have got a little frustrated, a little tired because the way they were defending him because they did take him off the block. So yeah, they did. Right? They did. They took him off the block. The thing about Harden, to me, it was mind-boggling just because, you know, he had two days rest after from game six and seven. So you kind of thought that with that, he would come out a little bit better. Um, you know, in the first half, he was horrible. Yeah. I mean, he had more air balls, three, than made shots. Like, more air ball than made shots. And it looked like he just was going through the motions. You know, and, and I didn't see it. I, I mean, and, and the funny part about it is, like, when we talk about explain it, apparently, this is kind of sort of like who he has a reputation of becoming. Because before there, there was another reporter, a national guy who I have the utmost respect for. He says, well, how are you feeling about this one? And I said, you know what? I kind of think the Sixers are going to win. I kind of think that James is going to have a big game. And he says, oh, so you're not familiar with game seven, James? And I'm like, huh? And he was like, you, keep, you do know that he has a reputation of coming up small in game sevens. 
And I was like, yeah, but this is going to be different, right? I'm thinking that. And at halftime, he said, what did I tell you about game seven, James? So apparently this is his reputation. And, and a lot of people nationally were not surprised by his poor performance. Keith, do you think that if Doc had gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals, even if they got swept by Miami, that he would still be here today because the organization, based on what Maury just said to the media, to me, the organization would have said, well, we finally broke that that curse of not getting past the second round, and we're moving in the right direction. We got us one step closer to our ultimate goal, which is to get to the NBA Finals. Do you think Doc would have still been here? Yeah, I think he would have. Now, the thing is, if they would have got swept, maybe not, right? Okay. But if, I think he would have. See, because the thing is, you would have looked at it. I think Doc is the easy excuse. Now, again, there are some in-game adjustments that Doc wasn't good at, right? I mean, there was times. I mean, let's 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 pull it. Let's be honest. But I think that with you, with when you look at it and you say, "Wow, Doc Rivers, his coaching." He had the third best regular season, I mean, record. The Sixers had the third best record in the NBA over his three years here. Joel Embiid became an NBA, I mean, MVP finance two years in a row and then wins it the third year. Right. Look at how Dow, um, Doc made him uh, uh, become a better player. And then you'll say, you know what? Doc Rivers led this team out of the second round for the first time since 2001. So it's kind of like you have to give him some credit. But when he loses, it's easy to say Doc Rivers lost 10 straight closeout game in the second round. Doc Rivers, 33 losses in closeout games are the worst in NBA history. So it's easy for you to put all the blame on him. But then if he wins it, then you have to give him his flowers, as the kids like to say, you know, now, but if he loses, it's easy to say he's the problem. You know, does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. So Keith, what, it seems like they're pretty hamstrung here. Cap wise, um, you know, like it doesn't feel like there's a lot of moves. Uh, and I guess this is where Daryl Morey's got to prove to everybody that he's the genius. Everybody seems to think he is, but like, how do you, how do you, how do you get out of this thing, man? How do you get them better? Like, what do you do? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, I mean, because when we look at it, like, I don't know what the correct word is, but like with trade and draft picks, you know, you, you, you have to, first of all, they don't have a pick. And, and then to, to trade a pick, I think they may have to wait to 2029 to do that. But you would think that, you know, the best option, which would be is to unload, to buy, try to see if you get unload to buy his errors. Right. But the problem is it is an expiring contract. Right. And 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 so it's so much money to where his teams might say, well, what you going to give me to get rid to, to take on that salary? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not like you have any draft picks right now. What you couldn't do is you can say to like if you're trying to get rid of James says, hey, y'all, I'm not trying to come back here. You can probably say, well, hey, Houston. Let's work out a sign and trade, right? Like we, we can get some young players. We get a draft pick. We'll get this and that. The only problem with that is Houston has so much cap space available and all this other stuff that they may say, kick rocks. Why we want to help you out? Yeah, like, we, we don't need to get them free. Right, yeah, we're right. not helping you. Out. We're not getting anything out of it. Right. So 
You know what I mean? I, I think they're kind of stuck right about now, man. And and maybe they know that and they realize that. And that's why, and James knows that and realize that. And that's why he has so much power. Because if you take James, if you take James Harden like off this roster, now as much as he struggled, if you take him off this roster, who are you going to tell me is going to be the facilitator that's getting everybody else involved? True. They don't have any draft picks. Like, who can you get? And as good as Maxi is, that's not Maxi's role. He can't – that's not his job. His role is being a third-best scorer, getting out in space, and getting easy buckets, and getting transition threes. But as far as him being a, a guy who can set all his teammates up, his game hasn't evolved to that yet. And I don't know if it's going to be able to evolve to that by the start of next season. So, James – yeah, he knows all this. Yeah. He knows all that. All right, so so Keith, um, Doc is the fourth coach uh, relieved of his duties this offseason. Mm-hmm. And and the, and the numbers I want to I want to bring up are numbers that you are well versed in. But for those in our chat who who are everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, 16 straight winning seasons as a head coach. He loses for the 10th time in a game seven, including five in a row. Ninth straight time he's failed to reach a conference final. When you look at all the movement going on this offseason, do you think Doc is going to be behind the bench this fall somewhere else as a head coach, or do you think he's going to sit back, take a year off, and maybe reevaluate his situation? I think he'll be I think he'll be behind the bench somewhere. Okay. Um, you know, I, I do. I, I think like, you know, if if there's a knock on Doc Rivers. The question is, how can he coach? Like, I, I think he has a tough time coaching superstars, like megastars, like unless they have to have – they got to have a, a certain personality. Like, I think in Boston, they had that personality. Like, you got to be able to be self-led and, and, and stuff like that, and you got to be have, uh, like, extremely high basketball IQ. I'm right. not saying Joel and them don't, but I think that you need somebody like a Kevin Garnett, like, I'm coming at you type of dude, right? But I think that Doc Rivers, you know, there's a charisma with him. I mean, he's like, you know, he's the type of guy, he's one of the all-time winningest coaches. There are going to be opportunities. Like Toronto, for instance, I think, like, he could be a candidate and someone in play for that one. You know, they're going to be a good team. Right now they don't have a lot of superstars, so you don't have to deal with the egos. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that one of Doc Rivers' best coaching jobs this year was when – Maxie was out, James Harden was out, and Joel was out. He took that that squad and they did some magical things. Yes, so they I, did. I, you know, and then the Clippers, when they had Tobias Harris in them, they didn't have any megastars. Like the Tobias was traded that year, but that team went on and played and played in the playoffs. So when you look mm-hmm. at it, he can get the job done. It's just that the problem is, you know, I think that he's so much more of a motivator. He gets guys to do this and that. Um, he can draw uh, uh, plays out of like, um, you know, coming out of um, out of side, like excuse me, out of timeouts. 
but his probably his big weakness is a lot of his coaching on the fly, making adjustments and things like that. And those are the things that you have to have to win a championship unless you have really strong elite players. So I think that there's a place for him. It's just that, you know, he just may not be able to, you know, win it, win a chip without the right players. Uh, last one for me, Keith. Do you think, cause I get asked this all the time. I, I don't think he's going to come back, but do you think they'll at least reach out to Jay Wright and, and, and inquire to see if he'd be interested? I don't think, I, I, I don't think Jay Wright, I think Jay Wright has some inside knowledge, some stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't think this is the right spot for him. You know what I mean? Like, yep. you know, like, let, let's, let's think about this. Doc Rivers is going to the hall of fame. Now you might say that he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like, you know, have, he has his flaws, but he's still going to end up at the hall of fame. Well, he's no longer the coach here. You know, Brett Brown, you know, came through the process. He did some things. I mean, he's not the coach here. I think that Jay Wright is a great coach. Mm-hmm. He developed players who went on to the pros and who are phenomenal. And 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 look at the Knicks. Look at look at these guys. Now the thing is, is one of those things where I don't know if Jay Wright can put up with the mod the modern day NBA player. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like when you're yeah. in college, oh yeah, you got to be at practice at three o'clock. You know, you got to do this, you got to do that, or whatever time it is. You know, it's no negotiating. And I feel like in the pros, at least some of these elite players have too much power and they dictate what goes on. And I don't know if Jay Wright can adjust to that or what went to. Keith, Keith last, last question for me. If you could handpick, if you were giving carte blanche to handpick the Sixers' next head coach, who would you want to see in here? That's a great question, man, because um, – you know, it's weird, like, but but I but I would think that my two leaders of the people that they have, names that were mentioned, would be uh Monty Williams. Okay. Right. Um, and and then all the other one would probably be Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? It would be those two. But you know what I say, and, and but you know what, the one guy, if I think I think though, if you give if if you said that I'ma get a veteran guy, a veteran assistant coach. I would give Sam Cassell a chance, and and the reason why I'm saying that is because he he already knows what he's getting himself into. He was here, yeah, you right. know what I mean. And he he's the type of guy that a lot of these dudes respect. You know what I mean? Like Joel, all the players respect him, but I also think that he would have to have a great staff. And the reason why I'm saying that is because you look at Ime Odoka, you look at yep. these other guys, they were assistants that no one really gave a chance to. Brad Stevens was a college coach. But what you do is you pair them with a veteran guy who knows the ins and outs, and next thing you know, they're taking teams to the championship. So, Sorry. you know, so I would give him a, I would give him an opportunity. But if it was somebody – who had head coaching experience, mm-hmm. Monty and Nick Nurse would be my two. Okay. All right. All right. Keith, thanks, man. Uh, appreciate, appreciate it, you, bro. 
We uh, we appreciate always appreciate you, you giving us a couple minutes. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah, Pleasure. man, be good. Have a good Thank day, you very bro. much. That's Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can follow him on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. Of course, he's the beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer. You can find all his work there as well. All right, we appreciate that. All right, Gunner, good good coverage there on the Sixer stuff. Um, when we come back, we will get to the Eagles schedule that we we meant to get to a little bit earlier, but we said so much going on. We will get to it, so don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me tell you about our good friends at ProAction Restoration. Yeah, you have a home, you have a business, you have a property you own. You go through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it. It could be a really trying time. You're not sure who to turn to. Well, I got the people to turn to. It's ProAction Restoration because they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. I can tell you that from personal experience because I reached out to them on a Saturday. They got right out to my parents' house. They fixed the problem. The crew was professional. The price was right. Couldn't have been a better experience. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction Restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, it could be water, it could be fire, it could be smoke damage, mold remediation. You name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760. That's 610-623-3760 or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Weather forecasting is a team game. We rely on each other every day, updating the models and passing along new critical information. We have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer, Paul. Say hi, Paul. Sometimes what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different. That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate predictions. And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game. And we have the best team. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at mesalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And, uh, uh, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for 
or making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We're back, sports take on this hump day with the birthday boy, D Gunn, Derek Gunn, enjoying the spoils. So nothing really today, you're saying, Gunner. It'll it'll be more sort of geared towards the weekend. That that's how we're gonna celebrate 29. Yeah, this, this with this show, then I got grandson babysitting duties and other commitments this evening. And uh, you know, the kids and the wife have other commitments today. We're not gonna do it today. My wife says she's going to take me out to dinner Friday night. There you and go. And Saturday, I'm going to fire up one of the grill. I'm going to use the standard charcoal grill and keep it simple. We're going to have the grandkids over, the kids, the son-in-laws. Um, I'll, I'll do some burgers. The kids like hot dogs. I'll grill for little chars, little char marks on the hot dogs. Might do. Might even add some uh, Five Guy fries in there. Mm. And we're just going to chill and play in the backyard on the swing and the trampoline and. And uh, sit under the patio deck and and just have fun and and I'm just gonna sit back and allow them to just just rip me all day about another birthday and I'm gonna enjoy the day. There you and, go. And it's 75 degrees on Saturday. What else could I ask for? Perfect, man. Yeah. So I uh, we're in now. So my daughter's a senior in high school. So we're in. Mm. First of all, we have the we have she has back to back proms. She has okay. hers Thursday oh, and wow. her boyfriend's on Friday. They go to different schools, right? Wow. So I know. And then and then we're in like graduation party mode Ooh. from all of her fr- I know. It, it's like relentless, man. So and then what hey, what about the um what about the roof? How'd the roof go? Oh, okay. So um good actually. Uh a, okay. a good yeah, it went it went I'm I'm hoping if not this week, next week to get it started. The 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 um had a couple of different people come out. Uh, good estimate uh, from one, at which I'm going with. I think I have one more person coming out, but uh, he, the guy, thinks he could do it all one day, uh, and the price is better than I thought. So good, good, so good. good. Also, you would have been proud of me on Sunday. So yeah. I, here was my Sunday. So I, I did radio uh, from one to two thirty. Okay. All right. So I led right into Philly's pregame. I, I fly home. I pick up eight girls, eight teenage girls, and oh. drive them to Taylor Swift. I drove no, down there. Yes, no, I did. you did. Yes. No, you did. <laughs> yes, no, I did. <laughs> so I pile them into the car. Traffic's bad. You know, it, wait, it wait. Was, what are you driving? A 15 passenger bus? I took my wife's car, which is an SUV. I can fit them more in that than my little okay. my little okay. junker. Okay. So it, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was it was okay. So we get them all in, load them in like sardines. I, I got relatively close before I hit the bad traffic. Then I did hit some bad traffic. It took me about an hour where it normally would take me from my house a half hour to get to like oh. the link. Okay, right. So, uh, and all I'm doing is like, I got to get home and see the Sixers. Sixers tipped off at 3.30. Okay. So I picked them all up at about three. I wanted to hustle them down there. At least, you know, be able to get back, you know, relatively short period of time. So I get back and it's 
about early second. I only really missed the first quarter. And at that yeah. point, everything was going well. Tucker hit like three threes. Yeah, yeah, you think yeah. they, they're going to come out with some fight? And, they were up by what, 11 points? Yeah, at one point yeah. they were. Yeah. So then, all right, that I get home, and then that disaster hunt comes. So I told my wife I would I would grill chicken uh, for her. Okay. So I, I get the chicken that she likes. I season it the way she likes. I grill it. I grill. Uh, I do some baked potatoes on there in the tin foil. Ooh. I do. Oh yeah. I, I did some. I did some hot dog. I did some other stuff. I mixed and matched. I did some other stuff. Knock on wood. Everything turned out good, man. I did really? fine. There were no issues at all. Yes. Got all right. clean. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little tip. I wish I had known before this because your wife would have said, where did you learn this? Okay. Next time next time you do chicken, yes. take Italian dressing and put the chicken in like a Tupperware pan so you can put all the pieces in there. Take a Italian chicken, uh, Italian dressing. Pour it all over the chicken. Shake it up really good so it gets all over the chicken. Let it sit in the, overnight in your fridge. Okay. And then when you get ready to grill it, take it take it out of the fridge at least an hour before you grill it so the chicken gets closer to room temperature. You know, the meat, the meat cooks more evenly and it cooks quicker in a lot of cases when it's room temp- temperature compared to being cold meat on a grill. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you put cold meat on a grill, it'll it'll burn a little bit more than you want it to. Okay. okay. And then when you, when you get ready to grill it, then you season it with whatever you use, salt, pepper, you know, I got like yeah. 40 different seasons I use yeah. when I'm doing stuff. Add the, add the Italian dressing to it, dude. Your wife's going to go, Whoa, wait a minute here. Where'd you learn this? You must've been talking to D gun again. Right. On it next time. Now I know. All right. That's good. Okay. I'm done. Done. That's now, locked in. Okay. Now, I now, going back to the Taylor Swift thing for a moment. See, you yeah. made a rookie, you made a rookie mistake. So the concert started at what time? It started at eight. The opening acts went on at six. They all wanted to get down there and, you know, do that. Oh, know? so you got them down there at three. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like a three thirty, four o'clock concert. I'm no. thinking I'd have told them you better be ready two hours before to go. Cause I'm dropping you off two hours before. And I'm not even going to try to, did you have to pick them up also? No. So here, here's the way, Ooh, here's how I, I, yeah, I know. Thankfully. So here's what ended up happening. Um, we we there my wife's in this group text with all the other moms and nobody's uh-huh. stepping up to drive them down there. So this was like before I knew I had no idea the Sixers were gonna end up playing Sunday afternoon. Okay. So I it was like Tuesday of last week. I volunteer because nobody else is stepping up. So okay. anyway. So can then you, you know everything just broke wrong for the Sixers game to be at 3 30. And I'm just like, oh yeah. But anyway, I got them down there. It was all good. Somebody picked them up. No problem. Okay. Clean. All right. Thank God. All right. You're good. All right. You're good then. All right. Thank you. All right. Eagles schedule. So let me run through yeah. it, Derek, and then we'll kind of look at, at at what we like, what we don't like, trouble areas, the whole nine. Okay. So they start off game one, September 10th, Sunday, 425 at New England. You're taking on the Patriots. They're also honoring Tom Brady that night. Yep. Uh, they're retiring his number, giving him, you know, his just due and all that kind. So it's going to be. Emotions running pretty high, at least early in that game, you would think, and the crowd's going to be, yep. you know, yep. locked in. Quick turnaround. You're playing Thursday night. You get four yep. days off. That's uh, you crazy. Take, yeah, you take on the Vikings. That that's for the that's for the uh, NFC champions. Get a get a hoodie game at, on the road, not at home, and then you got yeah. a four day turnaround on a Thursday night. So that's how you start off. 
Then you have, then you have a Monday night. So you get 11 days after that game. You get almost like a mini buy there, but you're off 11 days. At least the good thing is you're not quite as beat up as you are later in the year with the Thursday night thing. Anyway. Right. right. So uh, you're at Tampa on Monday night, September 25th. Then you come home. This is one of only three one o'clock games, Derek. Not music to our ears. No. Uh, this, is, um, this is killing me. Yeah. You're home for the Washington Commanders. That's October 1st. That's a one o'clock, as I mentioned. Then you go on the West Coast. You go to on the road October 8th. You're at the Rams. 405 start. Then it's uh, another Sunday game, but it's a 425 start at the Jets, at Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Jeez. Yeah, October 15th. Come home the next week. You stay with the AFC East, but you're home against Tua and Miami. That's a Sunday night game. That's 820. Next week, you go to Washington. This is the second one o'clock game, October 29th at the Commanders. Then it's Dallas after that home, November 5th. That's a 425 game, another, another prime time game. All right, so that's first nine. Then you get a bye week, week 10. Here we go. Monday night, Chiefs. November 20th in Kansas city, in Kansas city, come home for Buffalo 425 game, November 26th on a short week, short week, 49ers home, December 3rd, 425 game at the Cowboys, December 10th. That's a Sunday night game. Go on the road to Seattle 425 game, December 17th at Seattle. That's yeah, Which is Seattle. one of the loudest stadiums in all the NFL. Yep. Another playoff okay. team. All right. Come home. Christmas Day you're playing. Lucky us. 4.30 start for that one against the Giants. There's three games being played that day uh, by the NFL. I got to spend Christmas Day at Ocean Casino. You're correct, sir. Uh, then December 31st, New Year's Eve. That's a At least right now, that's a 1 o'clock game. That could oh, be moved. My goodness. That could be flexed out. That is the second to last game. We don't know yet when exactly. We think it's January 7th, which is a Sunday. Yep. At the Giants, time to be determined. So that's the schedule. So a couple things to jump out to me. One, there's only three one o'clock games as of right now. Two, um, the stretch after the bye week where it's at Kansas City, home Buffalo, home San Fran, at Dallas, at Seattle, home Giants is absolutely brutal. That is a brutal that, stretch. That's mur- murderer's row right there. And then some. So my impression, Derek, early is you better get off to a good start. You don't get off early, man, that you could put yourself in a world of hurt later with that that stretch there. Dude, they got five games that start at 7.15 p.m. or later. Five. Five of them. Yep. Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. I mean, Seriously? That's what happens. The team has success. We pay the price in the media with all these late games, all these primetime <laughs> games. <now. laughs> it kills us. Yeah. But but I'm looking at this stretch where you have to play. Now, you can say what you want to say about Dak, and we say a lot about Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott is to the Eagles what the Eagles are to the Giants. Kryptonite. Yeah. Dak Prescott plays some of his best football against the Eagles. Okay. So that's not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. You got to play. You got to face Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP, the reigning Super Bowl champion quarterback, yep. and Josh Allen in back-to-back weeks. Are you are you kidding me? I, it, it is. Are you, are you kidding me? It is tough. Yep. <laughs> and then Geno Smith. Say what you want to say about Geno. 
Geno had the highest completion percentage in the National Football League last year. Not just the, not just the NFC, but in the entire National Football League last year. If you were yeah. just giving a category of biggest surprises, Derek, right? Yes. He's got to be the winner of biggest surprise. Oh, he? my goodness. There's no question. And par- parlayed that into a nice little contract for himself. I mean, you got to deal with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then they draft Jason Smith and Jigba yep. from Ohio State. Yep. <laughs> you know, and they spent a lot of money this offseason improving their defense. Bobby as well. Wagner goes back there. Bobby Wagner's yep. back to anchor the defense. Yep. You know, um, you know, Robert M says Josh Allen is overrated. I'm not going to say he's overrated. I'm saying he's not the same quarterback as when Brian Dabo was coaching him. Josh Allen is a very talented quarterback. There's no question about it. And that. I will say this about him. Every chance he's he's been given in the offseason, he's said, I know, uh, like, I took a step back last year, and I made a lot of mistakes, and I got to be better. I, I, so we'll see. I, like, if he if he looks like the same guy this year that he looked like last year, then I think that's fair. I, I'm going right. to wait and see what he looks like this season. Right. I agree. So we'll I agree we'll with you. Second, second year under new tutelage, uh, the same tutelage that's not Brian Dabo. Right. This team, you know what, though? You pay a price. You go to the Super Bowl. You pay a price. You win your division. You pay a price. The schedule you had last year was like the holy grail compared to what you have this year. Yep. Because you got landmines all up and down this. Now there's there's question marks about this this schedule. Who's quarterbacking Washington and how will he fit in under Eric Bieniemy's offense? Um, I'm not worried about Baker Mayfield down in Tampa. I'm not. Um, who, who's who's quarterbacking? Um, um, who, who's the other team on on this? Uh, the schedule that I'm looking at here when I look uh, at the Eagles schedule. So you got Sam Howell in Washington. You got uh, Stafford back for the Rams. You got Aaron. Rod- so you're going to yeah, go. Who's quarterback in the Niners? Who, who's the quarterback? Right there? now it's going to be Trey Lance to start the year. Okay. Until Purdy, unless Purdy usurps him and, and or is healthy, because I don't think Purdy's going to be able to start the year. So I think it's going to be Trey Lance. You you've got some interesting collection of, of qu- quarterbacks and, and and even Matthew Stafford playing out there, that's a that's a different Matthew. Now their defense, their their team took a major hit and they they weren't able to do a lot this offseason because of cap restraints. Right. But you know you got to play Matthew Stafford out there. I'd rather play him in Philadelphia. You got to play Aaron Rodgers on the road. You got to play Tua here. Then you got Dak. Then you got you got Dak Mahomes Allen. And back to back in San Francisco, and then Dak again, and then Geno Smith. Nice. <laughs> like, geez, I know. Well, um, what else? What else? See, I don't think, I don't think the Eagles will win fourteen games this year. I don't either at all, Derek. But and but I, I do think they're by far the best team in the division. They will win the division, but it won't be with fourteen wins. See, I I I think I agree with you. I I think that this could very well be an eleven. I know Eagles fans aren't going to like this, but be an eleven or twelve win team. Right. And by the end of the year, be as good or better. But the, right. the problem you have, you have a couple things. One, the schedule that we just went through is really tough. Two, you I don't care how you slice this. You're counting on a lot of new people. Yes. Sean Desai. I, I love Brian Johnson, but he's new to this at the NFL level. New linebacker coach, new secondary coach, Nicobe Dean, uh, Jalen Carter, yep. Jordan Davis, Nicholas Morrow, yep. uh, 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 Blankenship, yep. uh Terrell Edmonds, you know, whatever. There's a lot of new faces. Like I, don't, I think the offense should be fine. I think they don't skip much of a beat at all. If anything, they might be even better. But the defense is going to take a step back early in the season, and we're going to have to be patient. 
And I don't know if Eagles fans are really fully committed to that concept right now. It's going to be a lot harder. And, and I think we have to also figure into the equation because it's such a pertinent part of football. We don't know what the health status is going to be like along the way. Yep. You know, they, they, they sidestepped a lot of potential landmines, even players who were out, you know, Jalen missed a couple of games. Um, a lot of play with that shoulder injury. Uh, CJ GJ missed a lot of games with that, that, that kidney issue. Um, we don't know what they're going to be. Lane Johnson played on a, bu- a bum knee the latter half of the season. We don't know. We don't know um, what the, what this team is going to look like in November, December. We don't. Mm-hmm. You know, we we I talked about a team in Jacksonville a few years ago that had to rely on close to ninety players to get through a season. You know, I, hopefully the Eagles don't have to go through a mess like that. But the injury factor is huge with every team in the National Football League in help in helping uh, to determine their success or failure for the duration of a season. Yeah. Eagles training staff, medical staff did an incredible job keeping necessary bodies on the field 22 starters playing in the super bowl is unheard of yeah let's, unheard I, I, of. and I, I look i think chris d you, you know optimistically at 12 w yeah i i think 12 is is fair chris i i think that's possible i think wait and see is a good way to put it with the defense because we just right. don't know right now right um what some of these guys are going to look like you know you can count on hassan reddick you can count i feel like i can count on josh sweat right now I, you know I you can too. count on uh, you know what, Bradbury and Slay and Avante, uh, those guys. But there's a, there's other pieces there that we don't know right now. And how much of a role is Nolan Smith going to play? Uh, I think Jalen Carter is going to be an every down guy, but we'll see about that. How much left in the tank does BG have? How much left in the tank does Fletcher have? Can so, Jordan Davis get through a whole season healthy? Jordan Davis, a whole, and can he be effective not just against the run? And maybe we find out that that's what his role is. But right, right now we don't know. So and. On top of everything else, everybody's gunning for you. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody's you everybody's Super Bowl every week. That's right. Yep. Yep. Everybody wants a piece of you in, 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 on your schedule this year. Yeah. And that makes it that much tougher. Now, it was tough enough last year, but you can't – I mean, come on. Let's be honest here. Look at the collection of quarterbacks they played for the duration of last season. Okay? It was like a gift. Most of the games were like gifts last season in terms of who you were playing at the quarterback. Now you got the big money makers, you know, even, even Gino got paid. Oh yeah. Gino got paid, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're looking at big money. You're looking at uh, uh, Sean McDermott defense coming in here. You know what Andy Reid is. Okay. You know, the 49ers are going to be rugged, you know, still the big issue is a quarterback. And then they get Javon Hargrave. And they also picked up um, uh, the the kid uh, from, from uh, he went to Clemson Clellan. Oh yeah. uh, yeah, I know you do. The first round pick they, from the Raiders. They got him also to go yeah. with that defense. Mm-hmm. So you you got some knockdown dragouts coming up here. I'm looking at the beginning of the season. I'm not worried about Mac Jones, but I do always worry about a Bill Belichick defense. Yes. Okay. Uh, Minnesota, I'm never going to be a Kirk Cousins fan. I'll pencil that in as a W uh, 365 days a year, if nothing else, just to get under my brother's skin that much more. <laughs> Tampa Bay is a mess right now. You got players that don't even want to be there. Washington is a division game. Defensively, they're going to look pretty good offensively. They're going to be four games, uh, three games into Eric Bieniemy's offense. There's no way. There's no way I don't see Jacoby Brissett not quarterbacking that team. Yeah. Sam Howell's not quarterbacking that team. Seriously? I mean, come on. Seriously? Unless this kid comes from out of nowhere, like a Brock Purdy, I can't see that happen. 
Uh, yeah, I'm with you. And that that's a weird point in the season. Like, yeah. are you are you making the change that early? Are you still trying to ride with him if he's not the guy? Like, what do you right. do there? That usually is something that's like week six, seven. I don't know. But that's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Oh, there's no question about it. Yeah. You know, L- Little Tone asked the question, uh, does 11 wins win the NFC? That's a good question because there's always going to be one or two teams that rise up we're not even thinking about. Um, I don't know if it wins the overall number one seed in the NFC. I here's what I would say: know. just if, I, if let's just start with the division. Dallas's schedule is very similar to the Eagles. I mean, it, it's Eagles. I think are are the hardest. Dallas is like third. So the Dallas didn't get off scot free. Dallas's schedule is very very tough too. What it's going to come down to is if you look at the rest of the of the how is Trey Lance and or whoever's playing quarterback how yeah. are they doing right? Because yes. if they if they play well. The Niners are loaded talent. Yes, on both sides of the ball. No question about it. And they're going to accidentally win 10 games with their schedule. They're going to win at least 10. Um, Dallas is going to be there with you, whether we like it or not. They're going to be right there with you. Uh, Minnesota, I think, has a chance to win a lot of games because I think they're they're good, and I think they have a better coordinator on the defensive side with Brian Flores now. I think they're going to be good. But ultimately, I think in the end, Kirk Cousins comes up small. So I I wouldn't worry about their win total as much. Detroit's going to be good. The, Detroit is the one team in the NFC that I will watch extremely close this year. I think that team's going to be a sleeper. They can score points. They're showing up their defense. I think Detroit's going to be the sleeper in the NFC this year. I agree with you. Uh, so that, that to me, they're the one to like, just keep them in the back of your head here. Just, you know, plant that seed. I don't, I don't, I'm not threatened by anybody in the South. Uh, I, I think Seattle's good, but I don't worry about them. I don't worry right, about anybody right. else in the West, but San Fran, um, you know, and, and look, I I'm very much in like, let's see about the giants and let's see about Washington mode. I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I just want to see it now. And in, in, in it's, you know, it's form. I like Dable. I like what the giants have done. So I don't think that they're going to be bad by any stretch, but I still think right. the Eagles are better. I agree. So I agree. I'm sorry to tone to answer your question, little tone, uh, to answer your question. I don't know that 11 will be the most wins in the NFC, but I still think you could be the best team in the NFC yes. and get out of the NFC, even though you don't have the most wins in the, in the regular season. I think if the Eagles, even if the Eagles don't get the number one seed, if they can stay healthy, if they can navigate through the injury waters relatively unscathed, even if they don't win the number one seed in the NFC roster wise, they have the talent to win at home or on the road. Right. That make a difference. Agreed. You know? Agreed. And, and look, the core of this team has been through a playoff run for yeah. the Eagles and they, they've been, they played the biggest game. We know what their goal is, but we also know Derek, the, the, the stats on teams getting to a super bowl and or winning a yes. super bowl. And yep. that next year is not pretty. It is yep. not pretty. So, well, you know, Tyler Bolich brings up a good point. I forgot about this team. Also saints are also another team. Yeah. To keep a close eye on. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Tyler. I, I right. mean, with Derek Carr quarterback in that yeah, team. Yeah. Derek Carr steps in there with yep. some, with some pretty solid weapons, uh, including Chris, Chris Olave. Yep. Yep. And their defense is pretty solid. Yeah, I, really. I don't. I just is Dennis Allen that guy? You know, is he? We is he find good? Out. We're gonna find out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's it, there, I, it. It is a competitive league, but it's not as good as the AFC. It's just not. I mean, no. You look at that AFC, especially the quarterbacks. I just, just let's run through the names real quick here. You're talking about Josh Allen. Yep. Tua. I'm just giving you the East first. Tua. Aaron Rodgers. Then you're going Burrow. Lamar Jackson, you know, we'll see what step up 
Pickett makes. I'm not putting him in, the, in any of those categories yet. Right. Trevor Lawrence, who really came on. Then you go Mahomes, Herbert, and Russell Wilson, who I think is going to be rejuvenated with Sean Payton. Yes. That's nasty. It's way nasty yes. quarterback-wise no in the question. NFC. Yeah. There's no question about it. Um, I think the AFC is by far the dominant division when it uh, conference when it comes to that. Um, but then again, you only need one team from the NFC to rise up and, 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 win, and win it all. And I believe that team is still the Eagles until further notice. Um, and and you know, we also know that between now and the time the season kicks off, the, uh, the other teams in the NFC, just like the Eagles, they're going to add other pieces that we're not even thinking about. There's a lot of proven talent that's sitting out there waiting for a phone call to join somebody's roster. Right. And teams deliberately hold off until August and early September because the longer you wait, the more it drives the money down in terms of what you, you have to pay these guys mm-hmm. because these guys are coming here as mercenaries on a one-year prove-it deal. Yeah. As we've watched the Eagles do the last several years, Howie Roseman is, is so good at that, bringing in one year. Since it's Super Bowl year of 2017, Howie Roseman is so good at bringing in one-year mercenaries to help get this team to where they need to go. And other teams are going to do the same thing. So it, it's it's going to be a lot of intrigue in terms of what these teams look like when they finally kick off this season in September. I'll give you a prime example of, of a guy you're talking about, Dalvin Cook. Yes. You know, Dalvin Cook will be, you know, I don't know, if it's, is it official? Did they cut him yet? Whatever. But he'll be sitting Not out there. Not official yet. Yep. Okay. He'll, he'll be – or uh, let's go Ezekiel Elliott, who's officially out there. Yeah. I, I don't think he's got as much left in the tank as Dalvin Cook, but uh, he'll be sitting there. Somebody will lose a running back. He'll get scooped up, yep. and he'll be effective in short yardage. He'll be effective as a as a pass blocker. He'll be effective for a team in the in the goal line setting, whatever. But he, he'll help somebody, and he's just sitting out there right now. Not to come Sue. As long as he can stay healthy. Yes, yeah, Sue uh, was very clear. He said yesterday, "Look, I, I'm not I'm not interested in training camp." I'll be ready. Right. Call right. me in September. Uh, trust me, I'll be ready to go. Right. You know, there's guys out there for sure. And there's no guarantee he'll come back to the Eagles this time. Oh, no, I, I think he could go anywhere. I think he could end up anywhere. There's no question. There's another team out there somewhere that thinks, you know, we need a little bit more depth, more experience in the trenches. And Indomitian Sue is the perfect guy. And Sue very easily could end up with somebody else to help another team. Yeah. You no know? question. Yeah, no um, question about it. Did you, I'm look. You look at the abundance of free agents that are sitting out there at every position. Man, some teams out there with a lot of cap room, they can change the complexion of their team real quick, getting veteran players, p- former Pro Bowl players, at bargain basement prices. Yep. Yeah. Got to be agree. careful. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's uh, let's step aside. Let's come back. Let's continue with the NFL talk because there was a, a lot, you know, that went down when we were away including the entirety of the schedule, Derek, some of the unique games, uh, streaming games now, uh, which yeah. is, is going to get people up in arms a little bit here. Matt Ryan news, uh, Devonte Adams speaks out sort of on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Jersey sales. will tell you who's, who's number one and yep. where Jalen hurts ranks, et cetera. So we got a lot to do here uh, when we come back. So don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are sports take Jacob sports YouTube network. Let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So if you do have any issues, they're just a quick phone call away, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. 
They specialize in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. And keep in mind, you know, we got a little calm before the storm right now, so to speak, uh, weather-wise. We get to the summer, you get the heavy winds, the heavy rains, etc. It's a good time to get your trees evaluated. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Alright, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. everybody thanks for hanging out with us <laughs> we are sports take jake sports youtube network Derek gunn rob ellis with you on this wednesday all right gunner let's keep the uh the football momentum going here um we were just talking about the eagles their schedule etc going through some some other things but um 
if you saw this. So Peacock will be streaming a game, a playoff game. Yep. January 13th, one of the wild card games. Uh, it'll either be an 815 or 830 start. That's a Saturday night. Uh, did you see what they paid for it? What NBC and Peacock paid for the one game? What did they pay for it? $110 million. That's for, insane. For one game. I mean, that's insane. Uh, unreal. That is flat out insane. Yeah. And you know, people are, people that don't have Peacock are going to complain about yeah. a game being on Peacock. But here's the thing they'll gripe and they'll moan, but they'll still subscribe to Peacock because number one is the football playoff game. Number two, it might be their team that's playing. So, so they'll still subscribe to it. I mean, look at people already subscribing to YouTube because the NFL is putting games on YouTube. Right. So they're already subscribing to that now. Well, I, I think, look, as much as we all want to sort of like push it off and give it the Heisman as much as we can, this is right. where it's going. I, yeah. it, it's, it's just going that way. I mean, you're going to have to bundle and stream and all sports are headed in that direction eventually. Like the notion of getting even regular season NFL games, basically, you know, I, I say for free, it's, I know you have cable and you're paying for cable, but you know what I mean? It, it, that, that where you're not specifically paying for games is over. It's over. Like we, we only have a few years left of this before this is where it's all headed. We, we saw this coming, you know, people shouldn't be surprised, you know, and, and the thing is kudos to the NFL. Once again, um, they know how to make money. They know how to make money. They, dude, they, they're the best cash cow of any professional sport on the planet. Yep. They've been planning for this for a long time. Their marketing strategy is through the roof. And people are like, oh, man, you know, at first it was direct TV, and people bought that in droves because then you could watch any and every NFL game you wanted to, and I'm sure it was huge for the betters. Mm-hmm. And now it's the streaming stuff. For the first Thursday night games on Peacock. I mean, I'm prime now playoff game on Peacock and, and games on YouTube. What What's next? What's next? And we're all going to buy it. Yeah. We're all going to buy it. Cause we got to have it. It's, yep. it. Football's an addiction, man. Mm-hmm. You got to have it, you know? And the thing is, as much as we love to see our teams play, we just love to watch good games or we just love to watch the game period. Yeah. So we'll, we'll pony up and pay for it. We all will. And I'm with you. I don't like it. I, but I know that it's coming and I can't just stick my head in the sand about it. it. It's, it's a, it's a reality that this is where it's going. And I can only imagine what the advertising rates must be. Like I get it for Amazon. You're going to make money off your advertising rates, but what it also does is, you know, it, it raises awareness for everything else that they're doing, you know, with yes. their, with their streaming services, their TV shows, their movies, et cetera. But boy, that's crazy. Um, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan will be joining CBS, but Derek, he made it a point to mention in the bottom of his post PS, uh, I am not retired. What does that even mean, Rob? Okay. So I think there's two things happening here. One, he wants to have the option if somebody has a quarterback go down to, to step in. Right. I think he, I, I don't think he's ready to give up on it yet at 38. Two, there is like a weird contract distinction where he could still get like twelve million out of the Colts because of his contract if he doesn't announce his retirement. So he won't do it the entire year. There, there's a stipulation in there that if he is still on the market, so to speak, 
that he can still get paid a good amount from them. That's why. Mm. I can't believe, first of all, CBS would agree to this because if he decides to go back to play football, that's embarrassment to them because now they got a hole to fill. If he's supposed to be analyzing games from the booth and in the studio and they're willing to pay him whatever they're going to pay him, when you know, networks like to have their lineups set by July so they can promote it. They can go into promotion junkets uh, to get more people to watch their pre post game shows or their games, mm-hmm. you know, to allow Matt Ryan to have that kind of clause in his contract. Hey, I want to be part of your network, but I might play the game again. It depends on who calls me. You know, I can't, I'm, I'm just shocked CBS would allow that to happen. You know, I, I've never seen anything like this before. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. Like if, if that really does happen and that look, how often do we see it? Teams won. Look at the Niners last year. You telling me they would have grabbed up a guy like Matt Ryan, maybe if he was sitting there available, exactly. you know, after they lose, you know, two or three quarterbacks. So yeah, it very well could happen. Why, would, sure. Matt, right. why would Matt Ryan want to go to a team like Tampa? You know, they're no worse than the Colts. You know, Baker, Baker Mayfield is nothing special down there. Yeah. Uh, there's other teams that could use him, you know, even if it's in a temporary role that would pay him decent money. You know, why would you just basically commit yourself? It, you know, it's a, it's a nice position to be in that many people don't have. I can either play football or I got a nice hefty contract waiting for me to be an NFL analyst uh, for, for a major network. It's a nice situation to be in. I just can't believe CBS allowed that to happen. But how about even, even Brady? Like, I know he's not going to do anything this year and he might next year. Guy steps away, and all of a sudden he's set up with like a thirty-some-odd million-dollar deal for the ten years uh, yeah, to be a bride. It's crazy. Are you um, me? Meanwhile, Carson Wentz still unsigned. Oh, <laughs> I know you're upset about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. We all feel for him. Um, so, a couple things I noticed in the schedule, like the overall NFL schedule. One, right. it, for the first time, there's a Black Friday game. Usually, they just let the college college football had that with the black Friday game. So there will be, it'll be the jets hosting the dolphins and that's going to be on Amazon. So that's a streaming game too. Um, but everybody's going to have availability to it. You don't have to sign up, uh, but that's going to be a black Friday. There's three Christmas games. Christmas used to be the jurisdiction of, of yes. the, the NBA. Yes. Uh, so the NFL's like, forget it, man. We, we, you know, we're, we're taking no prisoners now. Um, Here's what was also awesome. You pointed this out, Derek, during our pre-show meeting. Yeah. There's 14 playoff rematches, and yes. that includes the Eagles and the Chiefs, obviously the Super Bowl. But 14, that's phenomenal. Dude, this is the first time it's ever happened. We're, I got I to gotta find this, 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 uh, the stats I was telling you about because this is, this is off the charts here. I got to go back through all my notes here uh, because it's so intriguing. Um, see, when I'm looking for stuff, you can never you find can't it. find it. You know how to go. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So uh the season schedule features 14 playoff rematches from last season, the most in a season in NFL history. That includes a rematch of the Super Bowl, Chiefs, Eagles, both conference championships, Bengals, Chiefs, Niners, Eagles, and all four divisional round games: Bengals, Bills, Jaguars, Chiefs, Cowboys, Niners, <clears throat> um, Giants, Eagles. Note. The 14 playoff rematches include games that will be played twice this season between teams in the same division. So while there were 13 playoff games last season, there are 14 playoff rematches this season because 
Seattle, 49ers, play each other twice. Twice. Dolphin, Bills, Ravens, Bengals, Giants, Eagles all play each other twice. Yep. It's, it's, that's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's like, who sits down and comes up with this stuff? You know? All right. Let me give you a couple other highlights. All right. Um, this could be a good one. Bengals at Chiefs, New Year's Eve at 425. Ooh. That's nice, right? Um, these are just weird, uh, sort of quirky kind of things. So yeah. the Jags stay in, in London yeah. for two oh. straight games. But here's the thing, Derek. That's a huge advantage to Jacksonville in that second game. Yes, They're already is. there, yeah. acclimated yeah. to the time adjustment, to the climate, to the facilities, all that. So they will get week four Atlanta. Then week five, they get the Bills. So that's a nice little advantage for Jacksonville. Not only that, but I bet you they make more money playing off playing those games in London than they do at home. I bet Jackson, you're right. Jacksonville's not a big big money market in terms of uh, people consistently going to games, uh, things of that nature. Although, although you know, now that Doug Peterson's down there, you know, and, and, and Jacksonville's gone to the playoffs. Maybe the culture changes. Maybe the commitment changes. But they get a huge payday for going over there to play in London. Yeah, you know? no doubt. Can't turn uh, can't turn down money. No, no. You get two games in Germany this year: uh, the Dolphins and the Chiefs, and the Colts and the Patriots. By the way, all the Germany and all the London games start at nine thirty Eastern time. So uh, those games, I I love that. By the way, dude, when I'm on the West Coast watching oh. baseball, you know. Except I got to put up with all my in-laws. They're, they're big Dodgers fans. Right. You know, I had to fight for the TV uh, for the Sixers game. I said, hey, look, you guys got 162 of these. I'm, I'm handcuffed here. I need to see this game. I so know. they finally gave in. They always yeah. give in, but, you know. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, week one, Monday night, good one, Bills, Jets. There's a lot of Jets in primetime, man. There's a lot of Rodgers love. But uh, you got Bills, Jets. That's 8-15. That's September 11th. It's weird. Week one, Monday night, is a single game. Week two, the Eagles are part week two. Derek, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's it's weird. Or uh, not week two, whatever week it is. But they're, they're part of a doubleheader. Anyway, um, good one here. Cowboys 49ers on Sunday night. That's week five. That's a good one. Um, Thanksgiving, one of the games is the Commanders at the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys-Giants are the first Sunday night game. This is something else I give the NFL props for here. Yeah, yeah. They went out of the box a little bit with the very first game of the year, that Thursday night game, yeah. week one. Lions and the Chiefs. I kind of like that they're giving the Lions a shot there. I do too. It's been way overdue. Yeah. And I, and I think the Lions earned that. The Lions are an exciting team. They can score points. They couldn't stop anybody on defense. Mm-hmm. Now they've shored up their defense a little bit. Um, I expect the Lions to be right in the thick of things. They're going to be a very entertaining team this season. Yeah. You know, uh, they've got the weapons, a wide receiver, got a nice offensive line, a great collection of running backs, uh, things of that nature. Um, Detroit, I think, is going to challenge Minnesota for that division title. Green Bay is going to go through growing pains with Jordan Love, and they got a collection of young, fast receivers, but they've got to go grow together. Chicago spent a lot of money this offseason on defense. They finally made a trade to get a, a, a primetime wide receiver, mm-hmm. Justin Fields. They still got to fix that offensive line a little bit. Uh, they're going to be interesting teams, but I think right now the cream of the crop in that division is Detroit with Minnesota neck and neck. I agree. 
I agree. All right, this is interesting. Again, you you were uh, you alerted me to this um, yeah. during our pre-show, but jersey sales individuals, you know, uh, yes. I found this. I found the order of these really fascinating. Yeah. All right, yeah. so I'll usually work our way up. I'll work down from one. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not surprised by this. He's number one right now with the Jets jersey. It's New York. It's a big fan yep. base. You know, he's got a new number. He's wearing eight like he wore in college. He's yep. not wearing 12. So, I, I, okay, I get that one. Where I, and I'm not surprised by number two or three either. Uh, but Jalen Hurts is number two, which is a big testament to him uh, that, you know, he's his jersey's number two. Um, Patrick Mahomes is number three. Odell Beckham Jr. is number four. Huh? Huh? I don't get that at all. What? So he's, gonna wear, he's wearing number three for the Ravens, but his jersey sales right now are number four. I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked. Now, but now we should also tell the audience that this, these figures are based on April sales. You know, right. not, not, yeah. So through April of this year, yeah. this is where they stand right now. I am shocked. Odell's number four. I'm, yeah, I'm just very shocked. surprised. Um, number five is Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, eh, not shocked. Uh, but here's where we start uh, breaking off of the quarterback, at least for one second here. Number six is Travis Kelsey. Yep. I can't say I'm shocked by that. I'm not surprised. But this one's a surprise. Jordan Love is number seven. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know why? Because fan base. Now, Green Bay is probably the smallest market in the NFL, but there's a lot of, let's just like with a lot of teams, but there's a lot of old traditional Packer fans all over the country. And the fact that Jordan Love is a new man now, I'm not surprised. I'm surprised he checks it at number seven. Right. I, I would have thought maybe nine or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but number seven already? I he know. hasn't done anything yet? I'm shocked. But Green Bay fans are far and wide, dude. They love their Packers. Win, lose, or draw, they're going to spend their money. Um, but I am shocked Jordan Love is the man, uh, is in the top seven when it comes to jersey sales through April. And Tone says in our private chat, believe it or not, the youth love Odell. He's a very popular player. I, no, and I get that, but I I, I I thought at least over the last few years with the injuries and everything else that his popularity had kind of waned a little I bit. I did too. But you not know, only maybe. that, the youth don't spend money like the older people do. True. The youth don't have that kind of money, you know. Yeah. But I, well, then again, I take that back because youth, you, you look at the collection of tennis shoes they wear nowadays, where the heck are they getting all this money from? So if, they, if they're buying tennis shoes, and, yeah. a line. and some of these tennis shoes ain't cheap anymore, dude. No, man. Jordans are yeah. expensive. You what? name it. What? Uh, all right. Number eight, not yep. surprising. Justin Jefferson yep. uh, checks in there. Uh, Micah Parsons checks in at number nine. Boo. Uh, yes, I hear you. Uh, number 10. Interesting. Bryce Young. What? Bryce Young gets number, Already? The, the number. Yeah, the number 10 spot. Yeah. So that means basically – this this uh, survey just came out, like right after right the after draft. the draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it means so it's, it's a small sample. Let's see how I, I hope we can find the figures. Let's say in September first and yeah. see how, how they. I mean, I understand. You know, people are you know down in Houston excited, new quarterback, new direction. Finally, they think they have a franchise quarterback. You know, at the helm. Mm-hmm. I get that. So the numbers it's like a three week sample of jerseys right now. Yeah. Let's see how it pans out in a few months after everything settles. Yeah, I'm you with know. you. Because I'm to be honest you. with you, I'm surprised Mahomes isn't number one. To be honest, I thought I would have. Look, if you were asking me who's number one, it would have been Mahomes. I would have thought Jalen Hurts was top 
three or four. Yeah. I'm not surprised yeah. at two. Right. I would absolutely not have had Beckham. I would not have had Love. I probably no. wouldn't have had no. Travis Kelsey. No. Well, Kelsey is a popular icon because of that podcast him and his brother have. Yeah, and he was on he's, Saturday Night Live. He's, he's kind of crossed Night over. Live. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's all over yeah. the place. He's, he's Mr. Pop Culture right now across True. the NFL. Plus, you know, he's so funny. You know, right. the dude is funny. Uh, what he says, no holes barred, things like that. So he grab he pulls in an audience that may not just be football fans as True. well. True. Yeah. Uh, but no, good, good stuff there. All right, let's uh, let's hit it. Let's come back. We're gonna run a bunch of stuff, Gunner. We'll uh, touch on the Flyers hiring Keith Jones, and we're gonna have Jonesy join us tomorrow. By the way, at one thirty. Touch on some Phillies. Uh, touch on the game last night where Denver beat uh, the Lakers in Game One. John Morant's at it again. Uh, the Spurs win the lottery, and we got birthdays and movies for you. So don't go anywhere. He's D Gun. I am R Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Razor Technology right now and disaster recovery because the middle of an emergency is the wrong time to wonder who is in charge and how to respond. Restoring malfunctioning systems, rebooting complex servers, reconfiguring applications, bringing backups online, and reauthorizing users all takes time. And the longer it takes, the more damage that a business is exposed to. Razor Technology helps growing businesses develop a disaster recovery plan that protects all your essential data. Razor ensures that all your critical systems are backed up and that backups are regularly checked to ensure that they can be deployed at a moment's notice. Depend on Razor Technology, your trusted IT managed service provider, to save time and money on your IT and cloud services. Find out if your business is built to recover from a data disaster by calling Razor Technology today at 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. 
Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Final segment of the show. Great to be back with you guys uh, after a little time off. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Wednesday. All right. Uh, we mentioned uh, before we took a time out, Keith Jones will be joining us, you know, tomorrow. Normally, if you say that, you'd be like, oh, you guys will be talking about the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs or the Flyers? <laughs> nope. Uh, because Keith Jones was hired as the Flyers Director of Hockey Operations. Um and Daniel Breer had the interim tag lifted. He is officially just the GM. He's not the interim GM anymore. So um, here's what I would say about this, Gunner. I um, yeah. I know there's concern from Flyers fans that it's two old Flyers still in decision-making roles, and that's something that, that Flyers fans have, have objected to over the last few years with, you know, the, some of the, the input that like, a you know, Paul Holmgren or a Bob Clark have had still. Sure. The only thing I would say is, in my in my opinion, this is different in this sense. I'll just speak specifically about Jonesy. So Keith Jones has covered the league now for the better part of twenty something years yep. as as a broadcaster, yep. an analyst on the games, and in in the studio too. Which means he travels to every arena, he talks to every coach, every GM on every single team, every player on every yep. single team. Yep. He has a feel for. Every team, not just the Flyers, and everything that goes on with those teams, he is confided in by general managers that, that, that give him inside information. Coaches, he's a part of production meetings. And Derek, you know this. In these production meetings is where the coaches let their hair down a little bit. The, the players do too. So you find things out. He has yep. that advantage, and he also has the advantage of being here up close and personal in the city of Philadelphia and knowing all the things that have gone on. He also knows the fans very well from his job as a as a as a host at WIP. Absolutely. I, I think this is I think it's a really interesting hire. I'm not guaranteeing anything's gonna work out or anything, but I actually think that this one is really one that can bring Flyers fans back to the to the nest, so to speak. I think he will bring a fresh approach to it. I think his biggest plus is he understands the history of this organization. He understands thoroughly the fan base here. He knows how they think. He knows how they wear their emotions on their sleeves. Um, I think you have to give him time. You're not going to fix this disaster in one year, but I think just give Jonesy some time to get uh, time to get acclimated and to try to put his own niche on it. And I'm hoping the ownership 
will allow him to breathe and to grow and to have significant input into changing the culture and what they need to do to put a productive, respectable product back on the ice. I, I think him and Briere both can provide that. Now, I understand what you're saying. It's a great point you bring up about continuously bringing back old school flyers. But I think in this case, I think you have two guys that are very much in tune with what's going on in, in, in hockey today. And I think that bodes well for them that they have the history that they do have with this particular organization. Yeah, no question. So uh, again, it, it's going to be fun to talk to, to Keith tomorrow about everything, everything, you know, how this came about, how he stepped away from, it's kind of like we were talking about with Jay Wright. Do you step away from a job in broadcasting where you never lose a game? You, you don't have that same kind of pressure on you. But that, that pressure thing, Derek, works both ways. Yes. Guys who are competitors miss that. They miss that edge, you know, when, you, when you're when you not. It's not a win or a loss or, you know. So we'll we'll talk to Keith tomorrow. That's going to be fun. Uh, Phillies, I am frustrated. Okay? I'm frustrated. Uh, I knew we were getting to it sooner or later. I had Here we vent, go. I had to vent a little bit. Um, just when I think they're turning a page, just when I think, okay, here we go. This is what they are. Finally, you know, you're they're showing that they're a team that's gotten their act together. And we we had a nice little stretch there, Derek, where yep. you, you were on the West Coast, but uh they had won five in a row. And, yep. and I'm saying, yep. all right, yeah, good, here we go. And now all of a sudden they've turned around and lost three in a row. And while that's not the end of the world, it's frustrating because number one, there's still been the sloppy stuff in the field and yep. bad base running and all that. Oh my goodness. And they did Wheeler no justice oh. yesterday. Oh he my pitched goodness. well. His line will oh not look goodness. like he pitched well, but I have zero issue with Zach Wheeler last night. They're in the throws, Derek, of one of the worst slumps I've seen with runners in scoring position. In fact, until Bryson Stott got a hit and drove in a run last night, they were 0 for their last 28. 0 for 28. Yep. Okay. They have been, they were one for 11 last night. They were awful. They have been awful. And I think it's just a matter of, like, matter of things. I think their pitch selection has been really terrible. Horrible. And I think they're pressing in those spots because they know how bad they've been. And it's human nature takes over. It's psychological. I really believe that. Yeah, one for 34 in the last three games with runners in scoring position. It's not a problem of is it's not a problem of getting men on base when you're one for thirty four. That tells you you're getting an abundance of people on base. Yeah. You just can't move them. You, it, and you're right. I think these dudes are swinging for the fence every time they go up there. Um, I look at I look at Bryce Harper's last strikeout last night. Wasn't even close to the pitch he struck out on. You know, and that's not Bryce Harper. Yeah, it's not him. You know, um, we can't blame it on the injuries anymore. We can't blame it on the injuries because even with the pitching. Uh, problems they've had health-wise, they still got some heavyweight players in that lineup night in and night out. Yep. There's no excuse for this team being two games under 500 right now. Right. As we as we are, sit here in the middle of the month of May, by the way, the greatest month in the year. I just wanted to reiterate that again. The greatest month of the year, by the way. I can't believe you snuck that in. Yeah, no, uh, no, you know I got to get that in there somehow. Well, the thing is, um, Derek, we're a quarter of a way through the season now. And again, it's that you know we're still in mid-ish May. It's not anything yes, to panic yes. over, but it's like, all right, come on now. Like, you, I I don't want to keep seeing these same bad habits uh, from the team now. Let me try and salvage this one today. By the way, the, San Francisco has been a house of horrors for them. They have lost 22 of 27 in San Francisco. 
Yeah, I know. It's Ooh, sick. It's sick. Why? You know what? It, but that's that's the beast in all sports, man. Some places yeah. are just like 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 a, a ghost hovering over you in certain yeah. situations. Um, the good thing for the Phillies is they're only six games out of first place. Right. We're still here in, in mid-May. You have you have the rest of this month all the way to September through September to fix this. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta leads the division, but Atlanta's not dominant. The Mets are just as mediocre as the Phillies, and everybody yes. thought the Mets were going to be this dominant. They're getting booed team. off their own field. Doug. Yes, yes. They're getting booed. And the Phillies are still getting sellouts. Yep. You know, they make it so they, you know, so as it, frustrated as people are with the Phillies, they're still going to games. You never know when this team's just going to explode because they do have the capability every night of just exploding. But you cannot lose, you cannot lose three straight in San Francisco. No. San Francisco's an okay team. San Francisco had all kinds of pitching problems in their previous series against Arizona. Yep. Against they- a weaker lineup in Arizona. Now they're pitching like all-stars against the Phillies. Yeah, but I tell you, like Alex Cobb is is probably their best pitcher. If not yes. their best, he's one of their best. Yep. He was ripe for the taking last night. He yes. was try I mean, walks, no control. Like the Phillies should have been up seven nothing after the yes. second inning. Yeah. They weren't. Uh so it was it was frustrating. All right. Um couple other things to hit here. The Nuggets won last night. We we mentioned it in passing a little bit. Joker yeah. went crazy. Uh, to the Lakers' credit, they fought back. I thought uh, LeBron, AD, both played extremely well, and they got contributions from other guys too. Uh, I, I think what it did was plant a little seed with the Lakers, like we're okay. We're going to be okay here. I agree. Yeah. It's not it like a the game. NCAA tournament, not a one-and-done situation. The right. Joker was out of his mind in the first half. The dude had double-digit rebounds, double-digit points. You know what my favorite moment of the whole game was? As, as entertaining as the game was in the fourth quarter, Jokic takes the last shot of the first half. He throws it up over seven-foot Anthony Davis. You're thinking it's going to be an air ball. Nothing but the bottom of the net. Anthony Davis turns, just looks at him and walk off, walks off the court and will smile like, I mean, he got his hand in his face, altered his shot. Yep. The dude threw he shot it from like over here, not even like this. It was yeah. from over here. It hits nothing but the bottom of the net, which puts the signature on a disastrous first half for the Lakers. And Anthony Davis just walks off the court with a smile on his face, like, "What am I supposed? What else am I supposed to do with this guy?" I know, you know? I know. It it was, it, he was just in his zone, man. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. He now they did a better job, I thought, in the second half yeah. on him, but nonetheless. So, and, and Jamal Murray was ridiculous too. He was oh my awesome. goodness, man! You know, awesome. Jokic had 21 rebounds in this game. Mm-hmm. The Lakers had five offensive rebounds. That was a big killer for them. Yeah. Both teams shot 50. What was the last time you saw a playoff game where both teams shot 55% from the floor? It was it was a track meet. You know, and you're doing that in that altitude, too. It was too. insane. Yeah, it, it was impressive. And the thing, the crazy thing is, you mentioned uh, the Lakers had five offensive rebounds. So yeah. Joker himself had six. He, he had one more than the entire <laughs> Laker team uh, for offensive boards. Yeah. Uh, Heat I Celtics think, tonight. I think, um, not, yeah. not to cut you off, I think yeah. if memory serves me correct, Jokic by himself out rebounded the entire Lakers team in the first half, sixteen to thirteen. Yes, <laughs> he had twelve in the first quarter. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he had twelve it's in the first. It's crazy. Yeah. But you know, AD goes for forty and ten. He he was fourteen of 23, 11 for eleven from the free throw line. Like Anthony Davis played extremely well. Yeah, uh, for them. 
So, you know, if Joker and, and Jamal Murray aren't excellent, like Jamal Murray at 31, if those two aren't excellent, Lakers win that game. You look at both the Lakers and um, Denver, and you know who the two stars are, so LeBron and, and Jokic. They don't have to carry this team because they have such a good supporting cast. Denver and the Lakers did a great job of assembling this roster to make it deep, versatile, and lethal at the same time. You know, you know, LeBron's what, 37, 38 now? Yeah, he doesn't have to be the man anymore. Yep. You know, he, he gets 28, and it's like, okay, he got 28. You got other guys like Reeve and Anthony Davis stepping up to carry their bulk of the weight as well. You yeah. know, Denver has Murray and, and other players as well. Both teams done a great have done a great job of putting the team together to put them in the position they're in right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. Uh, and look, I I expect the Celtics and Heat to be a good series too. It's a matter of can Miami get enough uh, you know, from from we know Butler's gonna show up, but can everybody else contribute enough? for them to potentially advance past the Celtics. I think ultimately the Celtics win the oh, series, but I think it's going to be a good series. I I have no doubts that Miami will be competitive in this series. Now, I think we agree that Boston is the deeper, more talented team. Yeah. But when I look at this Miami team, dude, they're nothing but a bunch of junkyard dogs that refuse to be put down. Yep. I mean, think about it, you know. They, they shouldn't have beat the Bucs, but they did. They got a break. Giannis missed two games. They got a break there. But even when Giannis was on the court, Miami refused to quit. Jimmy Butler refused to allow that team to lose. You look at the complimentary pieces they have on that team. Kyle, Kyle Lowry is 37 years old. Where did he tap into the fountain of youth all of a sudden? It's crazy. Yeah. You know I, I know. Well, and they're extremely well coached by Spolster. Yes. Seven players on the roster that weren't even drafted. Right. Okay. Um, Spolstra, to me – Win, lose, or draw is the best coach in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. When you consider what he's done consistently with that Miami team. Now, obviously, Pat Riley's in the front office as well, who Pat Riley, to me, is, is a great talent talent evaluator. Yeah. But Miami is the shortest team left in, in the playoffs. But they play big every night, dude. They play versatile. You know, you lose Oladipo for the season and Hero is still out. You're thinking this team's dead to right. You know, you, you lose a significant part of the inside game and the outside game with those two players. They're dead to right. They're playing better without them now. Mm-hmm. Playing much better basketball without them. Yeah. Never thought I would see that. I know. It is wild. It is. Uh, the other thing that happened before the game last night was the NBA draft lottery. And uh, the Spurs, who were not supposed to win it, but they ended up winning it, which means they they win the Victor uh, Webanyama uh, sweepstakes. He is the French prodigy who is seven foot five, who can handle it like a point guard, can shoot it from the outside, can go to the rack. I mean, if there's one knock and it's not even a knock, he's skinny, but he's a kid. Like he's going to fill out. This guy is the biggest prospect since LeBron James came out 20 years ago. How does San Antonio keep getting this center? Incredible. They've David gone Robinson, Robinson Duncan, Duncan, and him. How does this happen? How does I this know. keep happening for them? I know. And, and, I know. and eventually, once this kid puts on some body weight, learns the, the little nuances of the NBA, San Antonio in a couple of years is going to be an, an elite team again. Yep. Yep. It's, now, it, will, it, now, will Popovich still be there? He's like, what, 95 now? What is <laughs> I think he's like 74. I'm not even kidding. Like, Jeez. he's, yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy, right? Um, so yeah, he but if you've seen any of the highlights of this guy, oh my he god, ball. he can ball. Woo, he can play. I, it's not just hype. He, did you see him? Did you see him clapping last night? Like he was hoping to go to San Antonio. Oh, maybe? he landed where he wanted. They actually yeah. Tony, it's funny, Tony Parker was also French. Tony Parker posted a a picture of of this kid when he was a little kid in in a Spurs jersey, in a Tony Parker Spurs Are jersey. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Jeez. So that's where he ends up. Um, all right, you do some birthdays. You ready? Oh, I got a collection of birthdays for you today, my okay. friend. Okay, well, we're starting off with you, Derek Dunn, first and foremost. That uh, he's la- he's last on the list. <laughs> he's all right. Uh, all right, here we go. Every time you do birthdays, I mark them off so I make sure I don't repeat them. Gotcha. Oh, oh here we go. All right, yeah, let's, let's do it. All right, Bob Saget unfortunately yep. passed away last year. Uh, was born on this day, 1956. He's a Philly Philly guy. He went to Temple, uh, did Bob Saget. Yes, he did. Went but to Abington High School. Abington High School. Had a great career as a not only as a stand-up comic, but an actor uh, and host of America's Funniest Videos. Anyway, so sadly, he died after doing a gig. Passed away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, he was born in 56. Guy I really liked, too, as an actor. Uh, and he died young also. Bill yeah. Paxton. Yes, Born in 1955, he was good in everything he was always in. Derek, it didn't matter what 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 movie it was. I always my, liked him. My favorite role of him is uh, in the movie Twister with Helen Hunt yes. about the tornado. They were tornado chasers. Yeah, I watch that movie even today when I see it on. I, you're right; he was a good actor, well-rounded actor. Didn't get a lot of big, big, big roles, but whatever he played in, played well. Yeah, always solid. Uh, Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper, who yep. was a uh, you know a legendary actor who. Had his ups and downs on a personal level, but was born on this day, 1936. Um, God, I can't, I mean, countless roles. Um, Easy Rider, he also directed that. Hoosiers. Um, Hoosiers, where he was a shooter in yep. Hoosiers, but a tons of stuff. But he was, uh, yeah, born on this day, 1936, Dennis Hopper. Also a, a, a noted photographer uh, was Dennis Hopper. Yes. Well. Uh, I want again one of my all time favorites in the boxing ring, Sugar Ray Leonard. Absolutely, yeah. You know, Ray Leonard is 67 years old out of, out of the Baltimore area, uh, won titles in five divisions, yeah. Fought in the 76 Olympics as well, uh, yep. as a kid. And yeah, I mean, what a what a career to come back, you know, after the uh, detached retina, and uh, yeah, champion, champion, uh, Anya, yeah, the, the singer, uh, Anya, Anya, however you say it, 62 years old uh today four-time grammy winner yep uh the the comedian and host craig ferguson is 61 today scottish scottish yeah he's 61 uh is craig ferguson still touring i mentioned him earlier tony parker is 41 today speaking of uh, 51 51 oh is he that old okay yeah uh who else oh uh nikki reed the actress is uh nikki reed 35 today Sasha Alexander, the actress, yep. is yep. 50. How about Matt Ryan? We were talking about him earlier. Yeah. He's 38 yep. today. Trent Reznor, uh, Nine Inch Nails, is 58 today. Hill Harper, the actor, always good in everything he's in, is 57 yep. today. Jim Nance, hello, friends, Yeah, is uh, 64 today, is Jim Nance. Austin Eckler. The running back still with the Chargers, right? He hasn't been moved, I don't think. Yep, as of this moment, he's still with the Chargers. Still there. Uh, the David Eigenberg, uh, actor. He's in Chicago Fire. He was in Sex and the City. He's 59. Danny Manning, one of the great college players ever, is 57 today. 
Manning, Manning, yeah. Hubert Davis, who was uh, now the the head man at UNC at his alma mater, is fifty three today. Yep. The great cool Papa Bell of the Negro Leagues. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Born on this day, nineteen oh three. Also one of the greatest names ever. You know he was. Uh, oh, Tony's forty one. My bad. You're right. Tony's forty one. Tony I said fifty one. He's forty. Okay. Uh, you know, Cool Papa Bell was considered one of the fastest players ever to play baseball, period. I believe it. Uh, phenomenal talent. Phenomenal. I, you just, you know, you always left to wonder what, if these guys had gotten a chance in the majors, you know. Yep. Uh, I have no doubt a guy like that would have been great. Uh, all right, that's all I have. Birthdays, what else do you have? Oh, I got a whole bunch. All right. Marine, Marino Sullivan, uh, original Jane at Tarzan, the Johnny Wisemillers, Tarzan from back in the 1930s, 40s. Okay. Um she unfortunately uh, passed in 1988. Okay. Uh, you have uh, Passenger. Uh, the, the singer Passenger uh, is 39 today. Right. Uh, Matthew McGorry, who's considered the, what was it, the, in the Guinness Book of World Records, tallest actor ever, 7'6". Oh, boy. In House of uh, a Thousand Corpus, uh, Corpses and Devils Reject. Hmm. Uh, he's from Westchester, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jordan Knight, uh, lead vocalist of the New Kids on the Block, 53. Okay. Uh, Chris Henry, former NFL running back, unfortunately passed away yeah. in an untimely accident in uh, 2009. Uh, you have uh, Taj Mahal, a blues singer, mm-hmm. one of the greatest blues singers ever, a self-taught musician, uh, played the guitar, piano, banjo, harmonica, and other instruments, was a three-time uh, Grammy winner. Wow. Uh, Carlos Pena. 45 today mm-hmm. uh played eight major league teams uh we have matt castle the quarterback oh yeah 40, 41 today yep uh the former great quarterback earl morrill uh yeah. from the old baltimore coats great backup yeah yeah uh dude i was trying to think of his last name <clears throat> uh cleveland farrell former first round pick of the raiders now he's playing with san francisco is his now, birthday today too yep He's oh, 26 wow. today. I looked at the 49ers roster. He's not on the depth chart, but I, I checked him out on Twitter on Wikipedia. He he signed with the 49ers in March, on March 26th. So I'm yeah, trying to why figure out why they have updated not, that. That's yeah, weird. You know, I don't know. Uh, Channing Channing Fry, 40 years old, eighth. He was taken eighth overall by the Knicks yeah, in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jedrick Wills, first round draft pick. Uh, the Cleveland Browns in 2020, the offensive tackles, 24. Mm-hmm. North Turner is 71. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Ragnow, the center for the Detroit Lions, the first-round pick in 2018 is 27. And Kim Mulkey, the head coach of the now-champion LSU Tigers, is 61. So as I've been professing to you time and time again, Mr. Ellis, not only is May 17th the greatest day of the year, but the month of the May one a month of May once again proves with this collection of talent and array of talent across the board, it is the greatest month of the year. And we still have a few more weeks in a month to go. True. Hard to argue. Birthdays. Who am I to argue that? Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So a couple movies here we'll mix in. Uh, a Dog's Journey was 2019. Yep. Also 2019, John Wick 3. Yep. What About Bob with Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfus, 1991. Yep. Uh, Frankie and Alice uh, with Halle Berry is 2010. Yep. 
Uh, what else did I? That's all I had for the movie. I didn't really uh, love the movie list today. Let's see. To Kindergarten Cop 2 came out in 2016. I didn't even know they made it to. I didn't yeah. either, to be honest. I never saw it. Nope. And the movie Flipper came out in 1996. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of John Wick, did you see John Wick 4 yet? Not yet. Have I've not seen, seen it. No. And I was adamant I was going to see it within the first week. And every time I've – even when I was in California, it's out of most the, most theaters now. There was one theater about 10 miles down the road that had it. So me and my nephews and, and, and a couple of uh, in-laws were thinking about going to see it. Something comes up, we couldn't go. We had something else. I haven't I, seen it. I'm sure you could stream it now too. Dude, I'm not, I don't want to pay 20 bucks on demand to watch it. Yeah. Well, you, you wait it out a little bit more, you'll get it for whatever it is, five. Like five yeah, but you got to wait until like August. I don't want to wait until August. I got to see it. You paying 20 at home is going to be cheaper than going to the movies. I can guarantee you that. Unless you have movie movie passes. I have a couple of Fandango movie passes. Well, then make that happen. You got to go. It's too late now. I can't. I bet you 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 could find it somewhere not real far from you. I hope so. I I don't have time. Dude, I don't have time now. Yeah. I was, what was I looking for? It's out now, but maybe it was last week or the week before. I was looking for Air, the the, uh, Air Jordan. Oh, yeah. You but I, it one? was it wasn't quite, it is now, but it wasn't then quite available yet. So I wanted to check that out too. And, and I, see, I, I got the the new Fast and Furious is coming out May nineteenth. I got yeah, to see that Jason, one. Uh, Mamala, yeah, yeah. Everybody's talking about this new Guardians of the Galaxy is out. I got to see out. that. Yep, I know uh, that's out. There's a couple other ones I got to see that are out. And I'm like, how the heck am I going to see that? And I can't even see Wick Four. I know. I know. It's got to slow down, man. We need it to slow down. All right. Uh, there's my guy. Oh, our guy, Fred Cohen, checking in. Our, our old director. Hey, Fred. Fred. Freddie's the best. He's got tickets to see Taj Mahal, June 8th. Okay. He's 81. Fred's Still performing at 81? Good for that guy, man. That's wow. Awesome. And Fred, Fred, Fred good, is, to see, good to hear from you, Fred. Fred's the best, man. The absolute best. One all of right. the best directors I've ever worked with. Same. Uh, all right. We got to roll. We got to roll. We're out of time. So I uh, want to thank Tone. Tone DeShields doing his thing, as always. Thank you, Tone. Hey, to everybody. Everybody, everybody in the chat, uh, everybody streaming and listening, thanks. Thanks for hanging out and kind of having some patience. And we're back. We're rolling. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have Keith Jones tomorrow. But we appreciate all you guys. Hey, you guys Tone, are Tone, the best. Tone has seen John Wick 4. Tone has seen Guardians. Of, see, that's a young dude with no responsibilities. That's no responsibility. He just doesn't have kids. It doesn't mean he doesn't have responsibilities. Uh, John Wick 4 is flawless. What John Wick 4 is pure art. Guardians best of the life. Galaxy what are you was, hating was on great. Tone for? Come I'm on, not man. hating on him. I'm jealous of him. Yeah, I know you are. I'm not hating on him. Jealousy I'm jealous of the poor guy. Man. All right. Uh, we got to run. Uh, thanks, everybody. Don't go anywhere. We got the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way. We're back at it tomorrow at the same time. Everybody, have a great, great Wednesday. For Derek, I'm Rob. We'll see you guys manana. Peace. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards.
Democrats tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.